Welcome back, everybody, to the Smooth Ramblings. I'm Hollywood Cole here to talk about the 25 best RPGs ever made. The second half of this, we got to up to number 10 or number 11 last time. Uh, it was a good party, a good adventure. So we brought back some of our party members, the most successful, Swinging Thunder. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. And also Nick Timianos. What's up, Nick? What it do, guys? I'm having fun again. I hope everybody put their skill points on the proper thing. And, uh, you know, since this, since we leveled up, probably, <laughs> from this uh, last one. Um, so it's great to be back. I really enjoyed the last one. Got some good feedback from it. And happy to finally move on. So let's talk a little bit uh, about... Uh, these top 25 RPGs will go over. So this is PC and everything. This is from Den of Geek. Matt Bird. It was written May 31st, 2021. And like I said before, it was a, we tried to do it a year ago. So uh, I'm going to go through this list again to get to where we were. And then we'll chop it up a little bit before we take on the final boss. All right. Uh, number 25 was Disco Elysium. And you guys, if you got anything to say about them as we go through, you can. We'll just uh, do it that way. Uh, Disco Elysium, um, that's a unique RPG. We kind of talked about that. I got it on Xbox. It was on PC, I believe, though. Mm-hmm. Before. Yes, sir. Uh, 24 is Fire Emblem Path of Radiance for the GameCube. Number 23 was Ultima 4, Quest of the Avatar. 24 was Vampire, The Masquerade Bloodlines. And 21, Dragon Quest Eight: Journey of the Cursed King. Now it's on PlayStation 2. 20, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which we all knew that was going to be on the list. It's number 20. Some people might disagree. Yeah. Agreed. It should have been higher. And number 19, uh, Secret of Mana, Super Nintendo. Um, Yep. And 18, Earthbound. And 17, Vagrant Story, which was a weird uh, one we all wanted to go back and finish. Uh, It was on PlayStation. Uh, Persona 5 is number 16. Number 15 is Final Fantasy Nine. Disagree not with that seven. one. That's, yeah, not that's seven. That's the only one so far that I, I'm not a big fan of what, which one they put and we where they put it. We lost a couple of hit points when we uh, said Final Fantasy Nine there instead of seven. You know, this is, thing is a beast. Uh, Deus Ex 14, that was awesome. I, I did want to play that. Nick had a great commentary about oh, that. Don't, don't get me started again. It's, it's on point. All right, number 13, Sui Coden 2. This is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. And that should have been in the top 10. Uh, I don't know. It could have been. It's probably, probably a good list. It's, I'm a little nostalgic about that. We had a whole discussion about that. Uh, number 12, Planetscape. Excuse me, Planescape Torment. And 11, Baldur's Gate 2. That's the old one, not oh, the... Uh, yeah. Not the Dark Alliance that we talked about. And that was it. That's where we stopped, 11. I haven't even looked at 10 yet. It is I'm funny. I did, I did get to play a little bit of Planescape, and I got my butt kicked in the beginning of the game. I was like, all right, I'm taking a break. <laughs> after after we did that list? After we did the list. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It says, for years I've heard Planescape Torment fans argue that it features the best story in RPG history. Well, you know what? They might might actually be right, you know, and it kind of goes into the nameless one. I can't the philosophical mediation on the nature of existence that feels as pretentious, that never feels as pretentious as that description may make it sound. 
It sounds great. Um, so there's a lot of those. So anyway, that's what we did. That's what we did. I think it was pretty good. But I don't know about these top 10 guys. We had to put this on hold to come back to it because we're expecting uh, probably some resistance because we all got our ideas of what what it can be. But you guys oh, no. think we can take... What are we going to do? I don't know. I think I think we need to probably get a new party member. Who Before we, we go to this summon? boss, yeah, we got to go. We got to go recruit. Yeah, we got to go. We got a warlock in the group. We can summon. I agree. Let's go find another party member. All right, um, let's pop up the LFG. Well, real go. quick, real quick though, I, do you see the guy over I, there? I'll, to I'll the be searching left? LFG while you're. Well, no, no, Hollywood. What? There's there's somebody over there. I believe teabagging. Oh, what is? Somebody's in a fight. Is, that, is he teabagging or is he fighting? He's, I don't. Oh, I, I, well, I don't. I, think I can't even tell at the same time. Is that is that Coach RX? Coach, is that you? I was just trying to exhaust his dialogue. Then I, I accidentally attacked him. So he, I hate that so he did attack the FPC. So now I'm probably not going to be able to get the alternate ending. <laughs> It sounds like you just leveled up. Did you just level up? Indeed. We need your help, Coach. Let me tell you what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard us over here talking. We were just in a group talking next door. But we're doing the top 25 RPGs of all time, according to Den of Geek. And now we're at the top 10. And we, we're going to like the help of a new party member. You, you're, are you able to assist us, to lend us your aid? I'll help where I can. All right. Uh, uh, do you want to go back and loot any of these old old ones we went over? Well, I was kind of embarrassed because several of them I'm not not even familiar with. But um, one of the the uh, Deus Ex games, I love that genre. It was kind of like the most uh, like a Matrix type role playing game mm-hmm. uh, adaptation, and I was so disappointed in the last one because there was this subway scene a cut scene and the game would crash every time really i according to like google i'm 85 percent to the end and i just can't get uninstalled you know drivers i've tried everything oh that's unfortunate i i i managed to get through it i've i've played every single deus ex game except for the fall i did pick up the fall when they ported it to pc but it was so disappointing i didn't i couldn't even get into it um but I mean, I've been a fan since the very first one, and I actually liked Mankind Divided. Uh, the improvements that they made over uh, Human Revolution was, to me, just astounding. Like they yeah. I, they gave it a genuine budget, and the game had everything there. But they the uh, you would have been disappointed in the end because it was so abrupt. And that's all I'll say without it spoiling it. it like cut. they definitely left it open that they might do another one. But now that the um, square sold off IDOS and, and a whole bunch of other studios, mm-hmm. it's just depending on whether they're going to continue the saga from there or even the original, uh, the original first two. I, I got, I'm not a replayer. Like I play, I play, th- if it's not a, you know, like an online, you know, competitive type deal, just like a, single player game i'm not going to play it again even god of war just once one and done but i I love those deus ex games so much i started over just to get back to that point to hoping that it wouldn't happen again and it did 
So that was what I uh, that uninstalled at that point. <laughs> that that's that is super unfortunate, man. I I I would at least watch uh, YouTube towards the end because this. I oh, think wow. where you're at, where you're talking about the story just ramps up so much. And this is what I'm talking about that it gets disappointing. It just like right when you get to the climax, it stops no. and you're just, oh, but I mean, not, not saying anything with the story itself. It is definitely worth experiencing. But yeah, no, it's, unf- that it's very unfortunate that huh. you got hosed, like no. especially when it really got good. You oh. mentioned that it came out on PS2. Was that this one? That we're talking no, about. No, no. The one that came on PS2 was the port of the original Deus Ex, the one that came out back in 2000. Um, this just says Deus Ex. Was that Machina? Yeah, Deus Ex was on PS2. Yeah, that was the original okay. Deus Ex. There's Deus Ex, Deus Ex Invisible War, then Human Revolution, then Mankind Divided. And between, uh, I, I think it happens at the same time as Human Revolution is the, the, the mobile port, The Fall. And is the original Deus Ex the one you were talking about with the skyline and the correct? Yeah, okay. but yeah. yeah the, that, it it the original was great. Wow, I need to check that out. Yeah, these are a lot of these on PC that I I never was a big PC gamer, but um, yeah, all the PlayStation and Super Nintendo, which we knew they were going to be on here because that's the uh, you know the JRPG, which that's you know there's something to be said for that. You know, everybody says Super Nintendo had the best RPGs. Well, that was just kind of when all the JRPGs was, were getting translated over. And, and Nick brought up a good point about it being kind of, you had to use your imagine, imagination a lot more. It's not just a cinematic thing. You know, they didn't even talk. And so it's almost like reading a book and you kind of fill in the gaps with whatever you, you're, you know, they're using the best voice in your head, right? Whatever you think that, that protagonist sounds like or whatever he actually looks like because he's just a sprite and so that could have led to some you know just some form of a connection uh to that game that may have got it more credibility than it deserved but um or maybe not maybe that was the whole magic of it so uh but very interesting conversations uh during that last one it's a lot of fun um but you guys ready to go to see what number 10 is absolutely all right Number 10. Wow. Dark Souls. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, it, and I don't even... I played this for one for one minute, got killed in the graveyard and lost all my stuff, turned it off. Uh, and it says here, it's a little controversial to label Dark Souls as an RPG, but two things that this game does better than most in terms of classic RPG genre conventions are class distinction and character building, which is uh, interesting. I have an extensive history with Dark Souls. Uh, I, I go ahead. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I just it originally started by uh, a guy at work had mentioned it to me, and it was like you know at Amazon, you know, we suggest you buy this. And it was like fourteen ninety nine. It's like whatever. So I ordered it. And it came and I played it, and I was like, Marcus, just got wrecked. Like, um, it's so it, it's so. The polar opposite of hand-holding. And uh, this was like the burgeonings of the internet. You know, I may have even had, still not uh, had broadband yet. So just put it down, forget about it. And uh <laughs> year, year and a half goes by and maybe uh, Reddit or maybe the guy at work started talking about it again. So I got it back out 
still sucked, but I ordered this. I've still got it in the living room. It's a guidebook about this thick hardcover. It looks like a, a college textbook, but I just, I would, I followed it. Um, Tome. And after I figured out, there's a certain way you play the games. Like I just uh, got Elden Ring. It's the new open world Dark Souls pretty much. And there's just a way you play. You you don't intuitively roll into somebody swinging a sword at you, but that's how you have to play Dark Souls. Um, and eventually I got through it. And uh, at that point, Dark Souls 2 had come out. So I got it, kind of did the same thing, except it was just it was just me. I didn't have a guidebook. And then uh, all that was left at that point was Demon Souls, which came out on PS3. Mm-hmm. I had a PS4, but I liked the game so much, I bought a PS3 just to play Demon's Souls. And by the, time I, by the time I got through that, Dark Souls 3 had come out, Bloodborne, you know. It's just, uh, if I would have started at the beginning, like with Demon's Souls, and, and like grew with the community, um, I think I might have got impatient at some point, but the fact that I discovered it kind of later on, so I always had something to play. Um, I got. Oh yeah. I got. I got very hooked. I've and, tried two and three. Like I even bought three, and I couldn't get into it. Um, but something about Elden Ring really intrigued me. I liked the idea that it was open world. Mm-hmm. So I was. I was addicted. I played. I played a lot of it. I ended up stopping. Um, like in the third act, at the end of the third act or so, because it just kind of it wore me out. But I mean, I genuinely loved the challenge and I was able to do it. Of course, you know, I summoned people when I could, you know, in the bosses, because I'm not trying to, you know, break my back on this thing. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, wait, I, uh, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I didn't even realize that from software was also the same developers that did the Armored Core series, which I hold dear from the old PlayStation and PlayStation 2 days. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that there's going to be a legit new Armored Core game coming out. Hopefully they figured out that they they worked the controls well because their controls were terrible. But like I'm I am hoping that now with all the experience that they've earned from Armor Core and through all these Souls games that they made, I I am totally psyched that uh, that they're going to release that. It, did they also do Sekiro? Yes, they did. Yes. They also made the Tenchu games on PlayStation. That, they oh, are very. Man, like, I love Tenchu. They yeah. fly. They fly like right under the radar. Um, did they do Ninja Gaiden like, oh, as well? Love... Ninja Gaiden. No, Sigma? that was Ninja Theory. They okay. might have done their updates, but it's Ninja Theory that did the Ninja okay. Gaiden games. Mm-hmm. All right. But just something as simple as adding the the horse the horse mount and the jump button to those are un, like not being able to jump is like it's very restrictive unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Because if you can roll around on the ground and wear plate armor and and sword fight, you can probably jump. But Dark Souls, you're always just... You can't jump on Dark Souls? Not until Elden Ring. No, they added an Elden Ring, and I guess I guess Say. some of the people were upset about that change. But I, yeah, Of course. Worked. I like not being able to it, jump. It, it, it has a very, <laughs> like, there's a very little masochistic element to it. Like, the whole get good thing... It reminds me a lot of golf. You know, it's like most everybody can play golf from okay to terrible, but there's a, a very 
small circle, scratching better, that are just progressively like elite. And that's kind of the way Dark Souls has always been. I can play the game, but if I get invaded by another player, I just set the controller down because I'm just not that good. <laughs> well, the thing to me is, uh, you know, you can do a game well that is challenging and it keeps you engaged and you really like, if you really feel and that, this, I'm not necessarily talking about Dark Souls because I don't know. I mean, I did play, um, I remember playing a little bit more past the graveyard because I had to start over. That was at the beginning. Um, and I liked the first boss battle and you could, you kind of had how you dodged it and all this. Now I'm, I'm thinking it's Dark Souls. It may have been one of the other ones. It wasn't Bloodborne though. Um, but, um, you know, there's an element to these type of RPGs where you want to get the good gear and, and stuff like that. I mean, it kind of punishes you just in my minimal experience that turned me off of the game for trying to go out and find something to get killed. And it's like, what well, I definitely can't. If I couldn't go in there and defeat it with all my gear, I definitely can't go in there with a cloth, you know, armor and a dagger, like, like you were saying, Coach, you know, to get it. So it kind of punished... It felt like it kind of punished that exploration. But but, but there is there is a uh, there's an element to this type of game in particular where uh, they test my patience. That's why I usually wind up getting mm-hmm. killed. It's like when you kind of figure out the boss's attack pattern, and you're just getting in chip damage, and after 15 minutes, his health bars even moved. I just <laughs> I start trying to get in an extra hit here and there, and maybe yep. try yeah. something. It's just, life's just too short for that. Because if you if if you had the patience, you could stand there with like the starter weapon and kill him in a day or two. But most people just don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of reading the moves and stuff, and that you know you got to make it where you make them vulnerable. And then when you do, you can do a critical hit. Can I do yeah. that ever? No. But yeah. I also made sure that both of my swords that I had had blood on them. <laughs> That and resistances. There's so many different elements that you would never know without the internet or trial and error. That that's that's the uh, essence of of these games now to me is this somebody had to figure these out initially. You know, like all those quests on EverQuest. I hate to keep bringing that up, but you just run up to a flower in the woods and it happens to be an NPC and you talk to it and it gives you a epic quest. You know, yeah, that you wouldn't just it's like it's not intuitive, it's like, I guess. Find it. some random elf name and you don't know where, and then you got to ask Trip where it's at, and then it's it. That's the only way I know how to do any of that stuff, man. Somebody that's played it, and it's just like, what do I got to do? And you finally figured it out, but it's, I don't know, swinging. What do you think about this? Is this your, is this your flavor or what? It's, You're an it's RPG, not my, it's not my flavor anymore, and that's what I was going to say. And I think Coach is kind of hitting on it, but like. I don't know. I'm a little jealous uh, of these kids these days. I would have loved to have had these games when I was a teenager, when I had the time to put into games like this. I don't. I'm 41. I've got a kid. You know, like, I can respect. I can understand why people love it. I've watched gameplay, especially of Elden Ring. And, you know, I'm sure if the list was done today, Elden Ring would probably take this spot from it, from everything I've heard of that game. But, like, we talked about it before. So it's different seasons as a gamer. I just don't have time to play a game like this, but I totally understand why people love it, get into it, become, you know, so proficient at it. And I wish I had that time. I don't. So this is one of those things where I would have done very much like you did. Picked it up. Nope. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. Move on to the next for, of the backlog. 
All right. Just just to say one one more thing that kind of differentiates Dark Souls from what I consider uh, what a more traditional RPG. You know, you just see swords, you see dragons, you see all that. People think RPG, but Dark Souls is more uh, has an action component to it as well. Um, the all the games until Elden Ring are essentially on rails. You're just, it's a nice atmosphere, but you don't have very much. Uh, you can't just go wherever you want to. It's like uh, that first Resident Evil, like where everything's you know in place, and you're just in it moving around it yeah but, but um you don't there's no customization really you know you kind of take what the world gives you you're not injecting yourself into the game which is what i typically enjoy about rpgs and games like everquest and wow a lot of rpgs mmorpgs i guess it's just time invested you have to sit there and kill snakes until you get to level 60 before anybody will even talk to you you know and that's not yeah. skill that's just do you have time to do this because it yeah. wins double xp weekend you know i gotta catch up that that's like going to work and i'm kind of done Spend with that. 20 bucks or whatever and they'll prompt they'll pop you up there now yeah <laughs> Buy, All right, buy, so, buy a character artist. yeah buy it but can i can i buy to have this raid already finished for me too <laughs> I mean, it's just like, they just, what, what's the point? Play. Yeah. Can I buy to have all the best stuff and everything? I'll just sit there and uh, storm wind or whatever. There, there's a, all right. There, I think it was on the South Park where they were making fun of it. It was like, oh, we're max level. Now we can play the game. <laughs> yeah. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. well, what do you mean that we do? Now we play. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I remember asking that first time about uh, playing EverQuest. I was asking Joel, I was like, what's, What's the goal of this game? What do we play? And he's like, the goal is to play. Like, you know that? Oh, okay. Just, well, there you go. Just get stronger and fight stronger stuff until the developers run out of rehash material. Uh, yeah. All right. This one. Oh, man. This is going to be a weird talk. Uh, number nine, Pokemon Red and Blue. Any Pokemon trainers out there? Pokemon was after s- my time. I was going to say, I, looking, looking, looking at the crowd right now, I'm going to say this all came a little after our time. Um, I, I, think yeah. we, I think we have the curse of being the exact same. It, I was already like in junior high when Pokemon was kind of <laughs> becoming popular, and I was like, that's but, like it was never my bag. The, the, the one engagement I had with it was that time. Uh, it was right when I got my first smartphone. was when everybody was like running around trying to take pictures of fake Pokemons. Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, yeah. That it just. Well, this is the this was black old. and white because it was on it was on Game Boy. So it says, in case you're wondering, this spot nearly went to. In case you guys are wondering, this is Pokemon Red and Blue. This spot nearly went to Pokemon Gold and Silver. So and uh, that's what I that's what I would have thought. Two things but I will the say: the cultural look, impact back, of Red and Blue was too great. Going back to Pokemon Go that Go Coach brought up, I'm just laughing. I don't know if you dealt with this, uh, Hollywood, but. The gems and the, the special monsters they put by like landmarks. So at my Air Force base when I was still in, we had a ton of people at the gate because they had to get close to the gate <laughs> to get to the gym and all that stuff. So I mean, we actually had to like do a special thing about Pokemon Go on our base with like, you know. Uh, yeah, they said no poke. You can catch Pikachu, but you can't catch uh, 
you know, Me Too and all these. <laughs> they, they, they limited the number of people you could catch on base. Now, they just said no Pokemon Go on our so, base. So, <laughs> same here. No, they did. And, then, I mean, we had to tell civilians not to come to the gate to get by the base because it was a landmark. Like, legit. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to be a hater on this one. I'm really not. I mean, I, I haven't played the game, so I can't talk too much smack about them. I will say that I know Nintendo's made a ton of money on every handheld device they've ever had because they've sold a Pokemon game pretty much on everyone. But I've yeah. never heard anything about the Pokemon games that stand out other than it's Pokemon. And what I mean by that, there's nothing I've ever heard with Pokemon that's like new or they uh, added something different to the RPG genre, anything to that effect. So, I mean, is it just a standard it's RPG like, that has Pokemon? It's and like that's you what capture them and you can... Yeah, there's progression. You 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 uh, you train the Pokemon well, that you capture. You you level them up. You uh, you can evolve them. So they there is progression. So that's where it's well, all at. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say though is like what I mean. Not, not I understand how the basic concept of the game goes. What I'm saying is what did what did the Pokemon RPG add to the genre? What what is different about it than okay? You go around, you capture monsters, and you level them up. I get it. I mean, I get the concept of it. But what I'm saying is. If it wasn't Pokemon, if it was any other nameless game, would it really be that big? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure we could say that with a number of the games on the list, though. I mean, there's some that were like, what? Like, that because we never were too familiar with it. At least, you know, one of one or the other kind of game, like if we never had a genuine experience with it. But at the same time, too, it probably was just that fun for everybody to enjoy and then just like what marcus said that they went with red and blue because that was where it hooked everybody versus yeah. like gold and white you said gold and silver gold and silver so gold and silver is apparently like top tier pokemon game so again this is also what we talked about in the last cast that it's what has resonated with everybody so again this is this is something that's kind of it, it's something there that's gripping them yeah, I mean, I get it. It says it, but here. I, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying because it kind of hit us on what you were saying. Uh, it says there's a very good chance Pokemon was the first RPG that many people lost themselves in, which is all the more impressive when you consider it's a shockingly deep RPG in its own right rather than a simple introduction to the genre. And it says that this is what part kind of hit me. Adventures are supposed to feel magical rather than cumbersome. And few RPG adventures are as consistently magical as this one. So that's, I think that's where the charm is. It's Nintendo, you know, and it's going to be kind of that magical feel um, of just, you know, just have a fun time playing the game. You're not like, you know, when you play, just like you were saying, uh, I think you said it on the other one, um, swinging uh, about, you know, when you play these massive ones, you don't have the time to go do all these side quests. You almost get anxiety. You know, making sure, am I, do I got the best weapon here? Why am I, you know, I want to, you know, am I missing out? Because you're not going to probably go play these massive ones again, you know. Yeah. And a lot and of so, them you can't. It's a, just a one and, one and done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, so I I, I got, uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's Crystal or something. I'm on Game Boy Color. And uh, I tried to, to just kind of see what it was, see what it was about. But I'll tell you this, my son, he's 10, and he's been collecting, him and all the kids, and when he was in the third grade, 
collecting Pokemon cards, man, and they're trading them. So this, they, they don't even know what it is. They don't play the game. They just collect the cards, right? Um, and I got him a Switch with uh, Hey Pikachu on it and uh, see how, I, I mean, I'm assuming that's just like all the other Pokemon games. He didn't really play. He played it for a little while, and that was it. But I don't think he understands RPGs. It's something I got to fix. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I love that. <laughs> uh, it happens every time. But um, two two things I wanted to add. Um, it reminds me a lot of Beanie Babies when we were kids. You know, it's like you just you make this hot item, sell it to a kid. Other kids see they have it, they want it. And the other thing it reminds me of is uh, I played I played Magic since. 96 i don't install it too because of where it's going just so much time invested can't let it go thousand dollars of cards but um the card shop where i used to play they started having Yu-Gi-Oh. it's like a pretty much a kid's collectible card game so it's almost like they're taking what they used to sell to us and it's getting started younger so kids are we when we we were going to play magic, Brad's kids were in there playing Yu Gi Oh with their little you know friends. It's just I've always liked anime. Like I grew up, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to watch Voltron when I was in high school, <laughs> and now I can still uh, if it's just on. That's probably what I'm going to stop on. But the kind of juvenile element of it tune me out i think i was too old for it like nick was saying well you always wondered the the whole you know what did, i was just thinking like you know we collected various cars people collected baseball cars people collected those pogs batman um, cards <laughs> i had pogs yeah. i was excited for the pogs you get from nintendo power yeah oh yeah that's what oh, got me man, into it. i was hyped i, I had got them right up there oh. I'll have to show them to you when we're... I, I, still, they, I found them at my mom's. So I was like, oh, man, it's bring back a bunch of memories. <laughs> I, I, I've got the uh, complete set of uh, Batman cards from the movie with Michael Keaton in it in a binder. I used nice. To, I, used to, I, I bought the little packs from Paul Chambers' store over and over and over until I got everyone. You, you'd, get, uh, you'd get along really well with an old friend of mine that I grew up with because he used to have all that along <laughs> with like old school comics, too. Yeah. Just, well, that was so kind of I'll, the thing of Pokemon, right? To catch them all. So that's what mm. I was getting at with all the collection. Yeah, that, that little and, collector's and, number on the bottom of stuff, like X of 293, that immediately makes it more <laughs> valuable. Because you just don't, you print, it costs the same amount to print all of them, but just print one two or three times. <laughs> it's brilliant. And, and all I'm saying is this, and like I said, I'm not hating on any Pokemon fans that that listen to the podcast. I, I, it's, it's past my time. So I can't, I can't really understand the, you know, the phenomena behind it, but like the game itself, we're talking top 25 RPG games of all time. I, I don't know what makes this game special other than the fact that Pokemon's popular is what I'm getting at. Do, does yeah. this, does this list have anything to do with like sales or is it strictly? No, nah, it's just a game. It's, yeah, it's just objective. Okay. He just they do all these lists all the time. Denofgeek.com is a good website. Um I'm sure I've been there before. <laughs> but it popped up on my Facebook like a while back and that's I was like, oh dude, we gotta do this. Alright, so let's move on from Pokemon. We're on number eight. Elder Scrolls. Five. Which one do you it's think? Skyrim, yeah, right? it's three. 
No, it's three. Uh, thank goodness. Yes. Is that, is that Daggerfall? No, that's uh, Morrowind. Yeah, Daggerfall yeah. was two. Speaking of which, uh, I just saw an article today. Somebody released on GOG for free an updated, modernized version of Daggerfall. Sweet. Yeah, uh, so I, I haven't checked it out yet, but it's free uh, when I saw the article. So I would I would recommend checking that out because apparently that was also supposed to be like Chef's Kiss Elder Scrolls because I got into Morrowind and I loved Morrowind. Yeah, see, this is – uh, and it's the first thing you say is, look, I know Skyrim is the blockbuster bestseller, and I've even argued that Oblivion is the best Elder Scrolls ever. But much like Pokemon Red and Blue, it's hard to argue against the impact of Morrowind and how it forever changed the impact of a scope of RPG because it was the first open world and um, yeah it's uh, let's see it's so shocking about this game is that few RPGs that followed in its footsteps have come close to topping Morrowind's visual creativity and lore it's so easy to forgive so many of the ways that Morrowind hasn't aged especially well once you've fallen down the shockingly deep rabbit hole of its character building possibilities and world building so this is on Xbox uh, Game One. Pass too. It is, yeah. And I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's on Xbox One. I, uh, and it was on the original one. That's when it came out with that on PC. I actually had it for both systems, PC and, and Xbox. And um, I loved it on Xbox, but then it got to a point that it just locked. Like the save the save file was so big, it just would not play anymore for some reason. Dang. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to port, uh, I ported my Xbox save over to my PC. I pretty much googled how to do it and it, it works just fine there's just a little fi- uh, file manipulation tweak and there's everything and then i had because I, I was locked out of a quest and all i could the only way to fix it was with a console command so i fixed it then i moved it back to xbox and finished it that's how <laughs> that's much I, interesting that's wow. how much that's how much i love those games but as long as you stay in microsoft you can do pretty much anything you try to plug an xbox controller into a playstation you got to I had to buy a little USB stick yeah. to convince it it was something else. But I, I was going to say, I, I was cursed because Skyrim was my first. Um, and I, I, yeah. I played it so much. just It was like my life for years. And then my girlfriend at the time uh, bought Oblivion at a, like it was in the bargain bin for three ninety nine. It's like, okay, you know, since I love Skyrim so much and I've heard good things about all these games, I'll give it a chance. And I just could not slog through it because of the backtracking in everything, you know, mm. mechanics, graphics. Um, but to experience them, you know, in their time, you know, I'm sure we'll see games much better than Skyrim, which would make that you know, too much. Yeah. I just, it's hard for me to go back and even dragon warrior. It, it was this type stuff, but I could not force myself to do that again. You know, just well, I love wandered, dragon wandered, warrior, wandered around with a I, bamboo stick. But the thing is, man, uh, I oblivion. That's the first one I played and it came with a pack of like blood, uh, Bioshock and oblivion in one game. It was awesome. And um, anyway, I played it, and I just always heard about Elder Scrolls, and I remember friends of ours would play Elder Scrolls Three, and it looked cool. And then uh, the thing about Oblivion was, if you didn't know what you're doing, leveling up, you can like destroy your character. Like, uh, 
because you can only level up like if you level up um I'm, I'm trying to remember this like i think i did archer so i can only get so high up so now i gotta do another skill before it would to level that skill up before it would level me up as a player so what's what other skill okay whatever i want swords but now i'm so high level that i'm getting destroyed when i try to fight anything with a sword to level it up and so i can't gain any more levels and, think, I, and so you eventually reach that peak skyrim is not like that i think that's a fairly recent element they've added to games that is a net yeah, players. You're, yeah, you're talking. You're talking about uh, scaling. It, yeah, they did incorporate that into Oblivion, and yeah, there could be out of nowhere. Like if you're somehow you got your sneak to 100, and every other skill is low, and then all yep. of a sudden you're coming across, uh, you know, bandits mixed with glass and Daedric armor, and you're like, uh, what? So yeah, I get you. Yeah, it. They did fix it. Uh, they made it better in Skyrim and then also Fallout 4. Um. But I remember in three, like you are, you're either over leveled or under leveled, <laughs> you in know, three. It's just, oh, in three. So yeah. Well, because was three kind of like that, like we were talking about with this. So three had no scaling. If you want to talk about, I okay. wouldn't say uh, so three didn't have any kind of scaling is that if you go to high level, high level area, you're going to get rocked if you're low level, because yeah. also the issue with Morrowind that they actually, they, they did fix with four with oblivion is in Morrowind. It's not. Uh, when you swing your weapon, it's not impact like on the crosshairs. It rolls dice for you, basically, judging by your ability in that weapon and, you know, your 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 strength and stamina and all that. So then you could literally have the crosshairs on there and consistently miss while trying to fight a maggot. And then in Oblivion is where they made it more <laughs> real time, where every time you hit, you you make impact, you know. And then, yeah. like, even with blocking, blocking was also a random event that happened. Wow. Yeah, well, that's good to know that. I like the games better where it has um, not scaling because one, that tells me that I'm in a place I shouldn't be, which means there's probably some good loot if I can somehow manage to get through here. Uh, but if it's just going to level up with you, what's the point of leveling up, really? You know, that just well, kind of defeats the purpose. What you're saying, Marcus, about uh, about ruining a character, the uh, the whole respec item thing that's come along, you know, recent years usually costs a lot of in-game currency but it pretty much lets you undo your bad decision but i i, yeah. I remember when, that's why I, I was so like timid like googling as i go to make sure i'm not locking yeah. myself out of something i want to do and it's just uh having all that yeah, it's like everybody has a strategy guide all the time yeah for free just do, do you want to use it or not Somebody's already yeah, beat almost every game on release. Well, that's what Rev would do on all these games. I've got to look up and see what, what my guy needs to be, right? And it's like, well, that's not, you know, what's the point? I mean, you're just going to do it what somebody else told you it needs to be for the best DPS or whatever versus playing it for how you think it should be at first. I mean, you know, if, if you're yeah. playing a multiplayer game, it's one thing, but... Uh, but he'll want to find the best and it's just a different gamer styles. Yeah. I, I typically try to do, uh, how I would want to play unless it's yeah. like, it's really detrimental that I can't get any enjoyment out of it. Like right. you said, like you, if you could, there's plenty of RPGs out there that you could literally ruin your character if you don't pick the right combination of skills for you. And you can make a, uh, like deus ex human revolution. 
before they had the director's cut, people were upset that if you did not focus on any type of combat abilities, that the very first boss that you fight just wipes the floor with you. It's that difficult, especially if you made like, you know, a really hardcore hacker person. So then that yeah. it, it was a director's cut where they implemented a, an extra room and some stuff to circumvent certain bosses. So you could use your other strengths against them. But, um, yeah. That, that's a very, uh, important skill, I guess, in game design is that you always have to try to avoid shoehorning people into something. Yeah, it's difficult for sure. Depending on what you did, or you can't get past this boss because this person put it all on charisma or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. just, but it, which that, I like doing the charisma. That's what's fun about it. But at, at the same time, it's 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 very difficult to make the content viable because that's not the way life works, you know. Yeah, you can't you can't just you can't just keep banging on your car and fix it. <laughs> Well, that's what that they did. So I don't want to get too far ahead. I'm sure Fallout's probably here. We only got seven more, but you know, with the lucky fool or whatever, that's really fun. It stuff just keeps happening to them <laughs> that you can develop a character like that. Um, but anyway, you got anything to add, swinging on this one? Not really. I mean, I think the guys and all of you guys covered a lot of it. I mean, I've always enjoyed enjoyed the Elder Scrolls. I kind of like the freedom to, you know, spec up where you want to spec up at. Um, I've, I really don't have much more to add to it. I mean, I, I can see why this one got it over Skyrim. Uh, and once again, it's, it's one of those where what game changes it, what game, you know, kind of clicks with people or what game kind of turned the series on its head or changed things up or added a new element, which goes back to my minor complaint with the game prior with Pokemon. I mean, they all seem the same to me and I just didn't understand yeah. the attraction to that one this one i totally get why it's in the top 10 absolutely all right cool all right number seven there you go fallout which one though i'm gonna say new vegas god you're good man i'm gonna agree i was gonna say i was gonna agree with that one i was gonna say too <laughs> okay. Look at that. Oh, here we go. Wait. Oh, yeah. New Vegas. What was so so? Let's talk about this. So Fallout is awesome, and uh, so Fallout Three was like the first one I played, and um, that's kind of one of those where you got thirty levels and you can max out your skill points. All right, you only get thirty or whatever it was. Maybe you can find some. I don't remember that deep. And then Fallout Four comes out. And you can get unlimited, right? Depending on how much you want to level up. But uh, but halfway through, there's like this random New Vegas that this is the way my perception of it was. Like, where's New Vegas come from? And then I got it. Uh, I think I got it for free on Xbox Live. And dude, I was like, this is not a spinoff type of thing. This is an amazing game. What made it so good? I mean, what made it so much better? Because Obsidian made it. Now, granted, it was buggy to death like when it first came out and, and it took a lot of patches to fix but it's because the original developers of one and two obsidian made new vegas so it it really emphasized the greatness of the original two games especially because it was only 30 some odd years after fallout 2 so that you get to actually find out a little bit of information of what happened to the enclave what happened to Marcus? What happened? Like, so there's, there's some callbacks to the original one. So uh, for me, it's because like that game was made for me. It was made for the fans of Fallout 1 and 2. I see. 
and and but the thing was is that so Fallout Three had a solid story and it was good and it was great they they totally turned everything to three D you know it, the, but the the same original look of the assets um, and they did a phenomenal job but there were certain aspects of it that they you know that they had to streamline for the purposes of first person and then Obsidian then took all their stuff and then they. They further expanded upon it. You had modifiable weapons. You had different ammunitions for weapons. You have more customizational uh, options and, and 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 builds and perks. And then you know, um, you know, uh, they're showing the original factions of how they were and how they have evolved since the very first Fallout, and seeing the difference in between the two. And basically, it was really a kind of what they were trying to do with the Van Buren when they were originally making Fallout 3 before Interplay went out of biz, uh, defunct. So there is that too because they have elements from that. And sorry, because, you know, Fallout, like I said, that is my, that's my baby. That's can, my... Can I, can I apologize yeah. for just a second? This sounds, this sounds eerily familiar to Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Everything about what you just said, like the old, like throwback, the game was supposed to be an ex, like a like bonus content, but wound up being the full game. Oh yeah, it, it sounds yeah, almost the Resident just, Evil Three, just like the conversation we had. But I'm sorry, it's just no, no, it's uh, fine. No, and I, which I, Resident Evil are you Resident saying Evils. again, Coach? Just, just the, which one the, was the overall? Just the overall arc of it, like well, Resident Evil Three back. was supposed to be two point five, and then yeah. it turned out to be a whole new game. Yeah, it's just oh scary. okay. I thought it was a 2.1. And then they rescrapped it after making two halfway through. I knew about that, uh, but I didn't know if they were doing three in conjunction with two. I mean, virtually the same. Yeah, it was supposed to take place during. It was supposed to be a two point five, and it turned out to be the full up one. Yeah. And then the, the Resident Evil that was supposed to be the real Resident Evil three. I Code can't Veronica. remember which one that was. Was Code it Code Veronica? Veronica? Yeah, I can't remember. But, but just just the way you can you can kind of you can see how with almost any game franchise the the games are closely associated with the developers you know somebody else mm-hmm. will take over the property the games change they suck then suddenly there's a new game and you find out it's changed hands again it's well just- i would say i mean nick nick did a great job with new vegas i mean the only thing i would add is i think i think it was a perfect storm of learning from the more recent fallout 3d versions you know what i mean not the old ones obviously but like how do you tweak it? How do you make it better? How do you make the next game better than the previous one, you know, with just the right sauce and spice and without going so far out in left or right field that it feels like a completely different game. Then you add in the fan service where you're throwing it back to story and lore, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can totally see why this is the one out of the Fallout series that made it a list. Yeah, four though is I mean four is amazing um, as well. But uh, I see, love Fallout- four. I'm sorry. Well, Just one ahead. last thing for me. But so Fallout Four is a great game. It's not a great Fallout game. I felt like it's a great shooter with a Fallout skin. I think with 76 after the Wastelanders update is what they should have done with the Fallout Four. But again, it was a good game. It was it was good for its own merits, and I did love the updated combat mechanics. It just it didn't quite feel like how Fallout did before, even compared to three. Yeah, see, I never played the original ones, but um, I did get one on PlayStation Two, and I didn't like it. Brotherhood of Steel. 
That's, that we don't talk a... about Brotherhood of Steel. Okay, we can talk about We could talk about tactics, Brotherhood of Steel, but we'll <laughs> never like, talk about not, Brotherhood of Steel. This is not what I thought it was. Um, but anyway, like uh, Fallout Three, I played that before any of them, and uh, I didn't really understand what how it worked. I guess I did enjoy it, and then, uh, like I said, New Vegas comes along, and I don't know anything about the stories and stuff, and it, but it was still so much better. And so Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas are made by different developers. Is that what you're saying? Correct. So Bethesda okay. published it for them and Obsidian got to develop New Vegas. Okay. Yeah, New Vegas just feels better. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's but, I think that's that, good. That's, Number seven. Well, just like to, to finish out kind of my thought from earlier, it, it's the story and the lore and everything and just the general essence of the game, having that just progress through time along with technology, you know, to still have the same feel. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't find that very often. It's usually morphed into something altogether, you know, that jives with the current pop culture or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it was good. All right. So now here we are at number six. Mass Effect. But which one? I'm going to say right. two. Okay. What do you say, Swinging? Three. I, I, I think the popular vote here is two. Um, we're going to have a oh, lot of talk go. about yeah. this one. I think I think one's good, to be honest with you. I think I like the first one. I think three gets a bad rap because of the ending and how the fans feel, and we'll talk about that here, I'm sure, in just a second. What do you think, Coach? I, I really, I really don't even have a vote. I just go with okay. two because that's what Nick, Nick said. said. <laughs> well, it's Mass Effect Andromeda. No, I'm kidding. It's Mass. You're Effect. a liar. <laughs> I was gonna. You are out of your weave. <laughs> what did everybody hate about Andromeda so bad? That's the first one I played. I thought it was fun. I think it's because it didn't have a game for fun. It's a good no. Mass Effect game. It was. I mean, the improvements that they've done were fine. It just... I don't know. To me, I couldn't... I didn't resonate with any of the, the characters. They didn't hold a candle to okay. the original Mass Effect. And I was trying not to be biased. I even waited a while, so they patched it because it was really buggy. And But for me, it was just none of the characters were nearly as compelling as the original cast. Yeah. Agreed. So I, the gameplay is better, good... actually. Yeah, on Andromeda? Yeah. Um, well, while we're thinking about it, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask for my own personal knowledge here. The uh, Mass Effect 1, I'm, I'm playing the legendary thing now. I haven't got the mm-hmm. 2, and everybody talks about 2 and 3 being the being the... I mean, two, like you said, being the one. And um, I'm trying to get through one, which I'm enjoying it. But one of the things that I remember just kind of flash back, you know, when I'm in a fight, maybe you don't use them in a fight, but you can pull up like all the different abilities for all the characters or your your two characters. You never did that? Yeah, I pull them up, but I don't know what. First of all, like, what do I do? What, what does this do? You know? Who, okay. Oh my god, no! That, that pistol, changes the tide of my pistol oh, does all the work it oh, needs. Oh my god, I'm gonna have a heart attack here. Whoa! Gonna, what are you doing? Gonna be all right, Nick. No, man, you you wanna you wanna use the radial. You wanna you, direct. You, do. you don't have to tell them where to move. You, that you like, want you want a like combo. Dragon, that sounds like Dragon Age. Okay, it's, I'm missing the same it, developers, it's, but it's, it's both it's, Bioware. You use that. Mm-hmm. 
it, um, if you, you, you can make combos with everybody's abilities. Like you can oh, get somebody yeah. with pool or, or you, you make them in stasis so they float in the air. And then you have another biotic hit push and then you're flying and they have all this force in physics that gets involved and they get obliterated against a wall. Um, oh, and there, you want to use a conjunction. You do, that, and the thing easy. is, when you when you and help me out here, Nick, I'm going to mess this up. I think I think it's Vanguard. I think that's the one I like to do, and especially two and three. So you can have one of your characters stasis freeze somebody, and your Vanguard guy can charge, pop up right next to them with a shotgun, shotgun them while your third character is sniping people in the distance. You, I mean, it's just the combos that you can do, the strategy that's behind all of it. Is oh yeah, insane. absolutely. I or have somebody do the stasis so they're floating, and then you have somebody use uh, like uh, impact shot or something. It's, it'll do something similar, or uh, you use a cryo bolt to freeze them, and then you do that with the impact thing, and it'll shatter them. So, so like, how you, do they know which one to do it on? Just by the one you're looking at. So yeah, you'll aim. You 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 just put Across your reticle on, on whomever it is. Pull up the wheel, and then just uh, a uh, you know select the skill and it's going to go to whomever that reticle's on and it, it, it'll it take a second to get used to but it'll become second nature you're going to be hitting what? Uh, if you're playing on the pc you'll be hitting the space bar nonstop. well for for you on the it's console never told what, what me I, any of this it doesn't what i would advise you okay. to do is i would let your other party members like you can do it where it's like they just do defensive and use defensive stuff and let them do their own thing until you get used to it, and then I would take total control of the team once you get your character down, because you can set set everything up. But I want to beat Nick to the punch on this one real quick. So, so I look at it as all one big game, one, two, and three. Now, I played it way after it came out. I say way after. Uh, I mean, I, I think I started playing it when the Legendary Edition dropped, which was, what, two years ago now? A year ago? Two years ago? I understand the hate that was around the game, especially three at the ending, and I think we'll get Nick's take on this. People were so upset because BioWare did such a kick-ass job. Sorry, you're going to have to bleep that one out. They did such an incredible job with your choices having impact. There's no way to have a perfect ending. There's no way, well, I shouldn't say no way, but it would have been very difficult to give every single person who has made all kinds of different choices the ending that they actually perfectly wanted. All the way up to the ending, in my opinion, your choices matter. Um, you, you get this conversation with this character in the first game and it has an impact and it might not come up until halfway through the third game, but that choice you made in the first game, the way the conversation went, did you kill that person? Did you let them live? Et cetera, et cetera, has an impact. They did an incredible job with it. The funny thing is we all yeah, say, I signed the best this autograph one. and I thought that was a bad mistake after I did it. What's that? Uh, oh, I know <laughs> he's gonna you're take talking my about. Signature, oh, and he's going to go and forge it. Conrad, oh, I swear he's going to do something he, he with it. He was like obliv- He was like the like Oblivion's like your your biggest fan. That dude, yeah. he was the equivalent. Um, but <laughs> no, you nailed it, man. Like I honestly loved Mass Effect one through three. Like I got teary eyed at the end because of all this, the all that effort that I've made throughout all those games. And honestly, I like. I didn't mind the endings. Did I feel they were a little bit underwhelming to a degree? But I mean, I didn't yeah. mind them. I just felt that one of the endings shouldn't have been how it is. But I know people are still playing Legendary. I'm not going to spoil it. But we'll talk later because um, I'm curious of which one. Yeah. I think I know which one you're talking. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. But like, so I didn't mind it. So when I saw this, the 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 
how everybody was acting. I, I get it, but I was just like, dude, it's a game. And then they released these new extended cuts. Now, mind you, I loved it even more. I was really appreciative of it, but I felt ashamed for these angry nerds to essentially bully a whole studio to come up with this. Now, granted, I like the closures that they were given everything, and obviously they're making a four, which – yeah, I'm. I have mixed feelings for for that, despite the fact that I'm really curious to see how that's going to turn out. But um, I, I am on that the other side of the camp. Like I, I don't get these angry nerds in general. Like with Star Wars and with that, like how they just absolutely lose their minds on things and acting like they're the ones that contributed to this kind of development or story. Like, dude, just sit back and shut gonna- up. So, yeah. so me and Nick have played it, obviously. I know you're going through it, Hollywood. Here's the funny thing is everybody gives two credit, but this is where I think you become a uh, caught in the moment. Two's incredible, but if you really step back after a while and look at two, two is nothing but get a party member, do their side quest. That, I mean, and then there's a huge ending, which is awesome, and your choices make so much of an impact on that, and I think that's why people were so in love with it. But in essence, the second one, in my opinion, is probably the weakest of the three if you look at it with some distance and time from it. It's an incredible ending, but the majority What's of the up? game is basically a, it's grab a character, do their side quest all the way till the end. Well, yeah, that's hmm. that's the same with KOTOR, KOTOR 2. That's true. Dragon Age. It's that That is that yep. is the Bioware formula, which is fine. Yeah, that is, exactly that is totally right. fine. And But the thing was is that they made the characters in that original trilogy so worth getting to know. Absolutely. That it was worth doing their missions, whether you want to sabotage them or not. I mean, come on, Morden singing the I'm a Silurian. Like, he yeah, does that. And then, and then, you know, and he, if he happens <laughs> to, you know, go through certain events, and then he sings it, like, kind of hums it to himself one more time, like, towards the end. So it's like, it's, those are the things that like, you know, again, resonating with feelings towards yep. uh, that moment. And then that's why I was like, you, you guys, like I get like, you know, I'm passionate about the game too, but it's like, it's their story. They get to choose how to write it. <laughs> the it's, only it's negative. Go ahead, coach. Sorry. Uh, talking about the uh, developer tendencies. That's another very common tendency is to take the exact same format and go from medieval to space like all the way back to warcraft and starcraft yeah i mean that that's just they don't realize that nerds play both <laughs> we're on to you you know using the same pretty much general I said, format <laughs> i said this and, in the part one dragon age is one of my favorite games it's not on this list yeah. i'm pretty sure but i love it i i love it but you're right i mean it's basically i mean bioware made both i mean they both are great games. Mass Effect just hit with people more, I guess, than Dragon Age did overall. All right. Cool. Let's move on to five. Oh, yes. Here we go. Witcher 3. It's number five. I think Swing and Thunder mentioned that would be on there. I've got another uh, like ancillary story for this one, too. Go ahead. And my girlfriend was watching me play it, and she liked it so much. I repurchased it for the PC and ran a HDMI cable to my uh, flat screen so she could watch me play Witcher Three. <laughs> that's that's Dang. how good it, that's how good it was. Yeah, it's uh, 
I mean, you know, I got Witcher 2 because I just kept hearing about it, hearing about it on Xbox 360, never finished it. And I never finished Witcher 3. I uh, got so far into it, then I stopped. And then I had to get the, I wanted to get the uh, expansions based on the Witcher thing that we did with Weed Doc. He was telling us all the story. And then I got to the exact, so I had to start over because the um, complete edition, I didn't use my save from the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I don't know, it's just mm. crazy. So I had to start over, which I didn't mind doing. I did an alchemy guy this time. And that's a lot of fun. I just didn't think it would be, but it is fun. And I got to like the exact same spot and stopped again. It's <laughs> just because it's just so. What spot did so you stop at? Every Witcher game, it took me like two years to try and finish. Like the first yeah. game, I played the first one. I enjoyed it. Um, then the second game, it took the. I was in the last fight and I couldn't beat him. And then it was like seven months later, I loaded up. And then I beat him <laughs> instantly. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to step away yeah, from it. Exactly. And then the third one, you know, I, I've tried multiple times. I know it's a great game. It plays great. Lo- yeah. Love the setting, the lore and everything. I Again, I get so burnt out because there's just absolutely so much, but, so right. much that, of that, everything. That, that, that's exactly what I was about to say. My OCD personality, I'll get like so preoccupied, like spend a month like foraging and crafting and strategically killing just to get one item and um, games like that. That's why I'll ne- Elden Ring I'll probably never finish. But Witcher 3, I got, it's like I got to push to the end because I'm never going to finish. I know yeah. I don't have time, but I just wanted to have some closure. And then, you know, the expansions came out and I had to do those. But that, that's my what I do. I'll never put down a game I enjoy. I'll just force myself to finish it the most linear way yeah. possible. So, and you wonder if they don't if they if they don't come up with that when they're developing this, right? Like, because the easy answer is, well, you don't have to do the side quest. You know, just let them do the main story if they want. But it's it's not that easy. <laughs> so, so I I mean I'm the opposite of coach in some aspects there. I. I want to finish everything. I want to complete. I'm a completionist. I want to do all that. And I seriously spent probably 30 game hours playing Witcher three. And I don't think I got to the fourth story beat. I went and played Gwent. I wanted to get every card I could get in the area. Then I did every side quest I could do. And I did everything in that small Island, every little check Mark. And so like going to what you're saying, coach, I'm having to train myself on that. So like Assassin's Creed, the new ones, origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, I really have to go, okay, this is what level I want to hit. Then I go to the story mission. Then I move to the next area. I don't have time to do 7,343 side quests in the first square mile of the area I think the, to move on to the I next one. I think the reason, the reason for that is the quest log. You have to go out of your way to not get quests. Because, yes. <laughs> you know, used to, I just, I talked to everybody, get their quests, go, 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 and complete them just serendipitously. But now that we have a quest log, I pull it up and I'm like, where the heck am I? I don't even so, remember what I'm supposed to It feels like do. a job. I it feels like stand. a job. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny we say this. And, and this shows you, I mean, there's some things I still play modern gaming and there's some that I've just kind of slowed down. I used to be a huge Call of Duty guy. And my KD drove me crazy. Like it was just this obsessive, like I've got to keep it here. I've got to keep it above this number. If I can get above 1.5 overall, if I'm playing this game mode, because it showed you all that. And from what I've seen, you have to dig for that now. And I'm kind of glad it's like that. I'm glad it's yeah. not just as soon as you log in, boom. And I kind of wish RPGs would do the same thing. Like, 
You want to find the quest log, you're going to have to go to three tabs to go find it. And as long as it's not right in front of me, I'll be fine. And we talked about a game. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that's kind of where Dark Dark Souls appealed to me in that that respect. It didn't track so many stats. You just play the game and your, your sword play is more important than your strength, I guess, for lack, lack of a better description. And so, I mean, I love digging into games. Like with Dragon Age, you brought up, I mean, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of the lore. Same thing with Elder Scrolls. I love the story. I love the lore. I know Rev that we've played with, most of us have played with before, is the exact opposite of me. He will hit the start button, X button, whatever, and just get through whatever dialogue to get to the action of the game. I'm the opposite. Yep. I love the lore. But yeah, I mean, I, Witcher 3 totally deserves deserves a spot. Incredible story, incredible game. But these games, I'm having to relearn how to play a game like this. I don't have the time to put 7,000 hours into it to get 99.9. And I think it would drive me even crazier if I got all but two side quests done and I couldn't get them done. <laughs> like Gwent, I think you can not get a card. And if you don't, you miss you that card, miss it's cards, completely yep. missable. And there's nothing you do. It would drive me insane well, to see a 98.3% completion rate on a on a thing. It would, I would yeah, that's what it would be, the Gwent. It's just that the, speaking it, of Rev and the story, real quick, they um, Witcher three. I was telling him, I said, "Man, Witcher is such a great game, man." And I mean, I went back. I told him, "I went back and played it all again, all the way up to it." And at one point in the story, one of the Witchers kind of goes, uh, sparks out and kills like people, and you got to hunt this Witcher down. And you know, and I said, "Look," and I said, "You know, Drew, I talked to him, try to make sure he could ex- see if he could explain himself." You know, and like give him an opportunity and then um but he couldn't do it. So then I you know, I had to make the choice and I ended up having to kill him and uh he had a great sword and he said, Yeah, the only difference between me and you in that game, I'd have got that sword a whole lot sooner. <laughs> <'Cause> he, <laughs> he don't give him a chance. He just goes and kills him. That's true. <laughs> the, the, the Witcher three, um I had a kind of an epiphany of sorts about the uh what would you call it paradox of adult gamers is everybody hates on like fast travel and you know the little question mark above the npcs and stuff but (laughs) the witcher was the first game where you could actually ride a horse across the whole game and it's like if you're truly you know an escapist and trying to immerse yourself into this game and you say people cheat by using fast travel, are you going to ride that horse for an hour to get from point oh, yeah. A to point B and you're 41 years old with two kids and a job? <laughs> that, that, yeah. that is a very, you know, are you going to sit there and fish inside of a video game when it's pretty outside? When, yeah, when you can just right click and get the fish. You say that now, and because <laughs> I felt right the click. same way, but now that I've been going to school, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 that way. I am trotting. I, mean, I yeah, am me fishing. Too. I am got to. Bro, I, got to on that. I never wanted to be more of a cowboy than in the, yeah. that game. I freaking if, love Red Dead. If you don't play it that way, you you miss out on that game. And that's, you know, that. And if you've listened to this podcast, anytime you've heard me just blast that game for that, how slow it is. And I've gone back and played it slow, and that might be a masterpiece, how that makes you live that cowboy life to play, and it makes it funner somehow. Well, well like, the, you know, Rockstar gets, gets not to finish. Go ahead, man. 
I was just saying, if the if the objective of the game is not to finish it like Super Mario Brothers, you just invest some effort into giving it longevity if that's your goal, you know. Yeah, if you uh, if on Witcher talking about this, so there's all these uh, different things. I think we talked about it in Witcher about how much detail they put in that game. Talking about riding the horse, real quick. Uh, riding the horse in that game is an amazing experience. I mean, it's just the way that it, the hoofs hit the ground, the leaves. When you're dry, when you're going through the uh, the forest, you can hear little limbs cracking if the wind's blowing. It's that detailed, and, and uh, depending on where you are in the world, the days are shorter and longer, depending on if you're like too, too far north. I mean, that's how much detail they put into that. And so uh, it's not as slow as Red did. I mean, Red is a totally different experience, uh, but you can do Witcher to some degree like that too. And it, it is a, that they put a lot of effort in that world that's supposed to be lived in, right? That's a, supposed to be a, a live world that you can experience. And that's what makes it kind of gives it that magical thing to it. And uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, I don't want to get off on Red Dead, but that is a good point, Nick, about that Red Dead and uh, and about the horses as well, Coach. But but anyway. Yeah, the Eld- um, Elden Ring horse riding is very similar. I just, I, I specifically remember, you know, a lot of games have tried it, but it's usually like pixelated and laggy. And But Witcher 3 was the first time I remember it being... Yeah, this is legit. You'll hit a stone and it throws mind, you off. I don't mind doing this. Like you're in the horse on EverQuest. And like it never really changed its posture. Just the head just, just hovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like games. It's got like it when you're riding through the forest and you hit like a, a rock and then it triggers an animation so the game didn't expect it to happen and it takes, you know, three seconds to throw you off. And you're like, dude, you're, you're still it takes some of your life away. You still hear the water flashing, even though that was like five minutes ago. <laughs> the just, horse is like glitching because he's stuck on the, the rock. Just, if you anyway. don't do it, do it. Just get it right or just use yeah. fast fast travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, so far, number 10 has been Dark Souls. Number nine, Pokemon Red and Blue. Number eight, Elder Scrolls Three: Morrowind. Number seven, Fallout New Vegas. Six, Mass Effect 2. Five Witcher three, all right. So some heavy hitters we've we've mentioned earlier on the previous podcast that have not been spoken of yet. So I can go ahead and ask Nick what he thinks one RPG that would most definitely be in the top four, and he'll say Corona Trigger. Absolutely, <laughs> so absolutely. Said, all right, uh, swinging. What do you think? Well, I would say Chrono Trigger too, but since Nick's gotten to go, I'm going to go Final Fantasy VI then. All right. Yeah, just so you can agree, of course, but if you got to come up with another one, what about you, Coach? What do you think will be up there that's, that's uh, top four? Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate? Was already done. I'm trying to think of one on the fly. Well, two was yeah, on the list, Baldur's Gate but it'd be interesting to see for the first one. Not, well, uh that are, are I don't it it, it kind of depends on how they defined RPG, but um, yeah, I, I, I would say EverQuest deserves a spot. I mean, you're yeah, like an you're, MMO. You're, yeah, you're, you're living a virtual character essentially for twenty two years. <laughs> I'm wondering if, <laughs> then if because I haven't seen MMOs on the list, but now I'm wondering EverQuest, Ultima Online, yeah, it, or it, WoW it, could be on there it, it because really they they were on, groundbreaking. 
Depends on their uh, credentials. Yeah, I don't know. I would kind of say the same thing. A Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't think of any other one besides those. Maybe Mario RPG. I doubt um, it. I love that game, uh, but I doubt it's in the top four. Mar- okay. I-, I would argue that um, the Mario on 64 was an RPG. The Paper Mario, yeah. Was that that just, one was fun. Was that yeah. just Mario World? Mario, Mario Paper 64? Mario was the Mario He's talking RPG. about Mario 64, about, I think. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's not an RPG. Game. You can't just say a good game. I, I, get, no, well, I guess it was just... <laughs> I guess it was just so oh, wow. I, I guess I guess it was just so far removed from. But what, that's Mario sixty four. Did you I even think, hear the game I mentioned? Well, I mean, would you would you consider Zelda to be an RPG? No, he doesn't. Talk I had that on. I had this argument. We've had so this conversation. We're going to talk. If, we're going to have to have if, a whole if, podcast if, dedicated to if, that. If you're assuming the role of an individual inside of a game, you could call so it. So you're going to get don't could don't even. Not? That's Pandora's box right well, there. I'm telling you, you, you're invited right now. You're invited to that one. Well, for me, for me, an RPG cannot be third person. I don't like. I like to. I like. I I like to. Mario sixty four is third person. So, but I I was just that was a hypothetical. (laughs) I just, I just like to play the game. I feel like this is a podcast in itself. I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I was going to say you're out of your weave too. I will say that, but no, that is a podcast in itself. (laughs) Well, I'll stop. I just just like to see through the eyes of the character I'm playing. If that's fair enough too, silent protagonist, or you like it when they talk. Coach, should they be silent or should they talk? You talk about the characters. Yeah, your your character. No, your main character. Not. I, if character I, if you I, play. If I, if I can pick their voice, and none of them are anywhere near my voice, because I have such a, <laughs> I have such a low register. There's usually something passable, but I don't want to be forced to hear a voice that is like high pitch. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that they do, like they can take your image, that you'll, you'll say something in the mic, and then if the character talks like you, <laughs> I don't want coach for my character's voice, uh-huh. for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the technology's there. <laughs> All right, so number four. Wow, Final Fantasy VI. One of my favorite ones of all time. Swinging Thunder called it. Yep, that's... Uh, there are no words for how great that of an RPG. That was okay. I guess you got to kind of go back. So we talked about Final Fantasy. The first one came out on Nintendo. Nobody really knew because we we're still trying to learn about these RPGs. Final Fantasy two comes out, which is Final Fantasy four, uh, and it just the 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 graphics, the story. It's now telling an epic story, just this epic story, and you want to be a part of it. And it's still pretty linear. Some open world elements, and then. We hear about Final Fantasy three, which is Final Fantasy six, coming out, and I couldn't wait to get that game. And man, it just all the different characters, and after the first world, you down in the dark world, you had to go find them all again. I loved it, Nick. You are mad about this. I can see it. You don't like Final Fantasy six as much as Chrono Trigger. Oh no, man, I'm vibing. I'm just listening. I <laughs> the. I am guilty of never getting the opportunity to play it because that was, you know, the Super Nintendo days that I, you know, I didn't have money to get those games. So I had to make those choices of, you know, I was competing with Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. And you know which one won. So, like, I 
when I hear this, like I'm thinking to myself, like I really hate myself for not playing it. And I don't know if I would actually genuinely enjoy it going back right now because, you know, it's, it's a yeah, 30 it's, year separation of sorts. Well, the thing that hooks me is that Final Fantasy VI and, and Chrono Trigger, both, they set the, uh, that's the bar for any RPG that I ever play to this day. Both of those set the bar for it. What were you going to say, uh, Swing? Well, going back to what Nick said. Did you said, play this I, one? This is, uh, I th- I might be the reason that you're missing this game from originally. Remember? I, I borrowed it from Clear, who borrowed it from you. Oh, I yeah. did return it. <laughs> So this is the first RPG I really played, and, and this is my theory. I got two things to bring up. One is uh, you guys disagreed with me last time. You and Clear did, Hollywood. I think your first Final Fantasy is your favorite. It either hooks you or it doesn't, and that first one's just so nostalgic that it Mine got you two. that I think, you, you know. So the other Mine thing was two, is, and it didn't set the bar like three. Okay, and so like I said, you, you disagree with that. Six was mine. Is my first, and uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. This is right when the 64 was really starting to pick up steam. So the game was a couple of years old, but it wasn't that far removed from that generation. And what I was going to say for uh, to you, Nick, is I, I don't know. I, and what I mean by that is since you grew up with Chrono Trigger, I think you can go back and play the game and enjoy the game. Whereas if you are a younger gamer who never experienced that time frame, you don't have that reference, I think it's harder for them to go back because of what they've been exposed to currently. You know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I was in the same exact boat as you, Nick. I had a, I got a Super Nintendo just to get Street Fighter 2. And that was all I ever had. And I was at the mercy of what the... Um, video game store had to rent and they didn't have final fantasy six i never played it so <laughs> yeah that was basically it you know I walked to hollywood video to, you know two miles down the street kind of thing and always check to see what they had but it was and, i mean and, I, and, and that, that that's a an, another kind of related topic it well, is very difficult to play a rpg renting you know, very rarely can you complete them in a day or two. But that's well, not that's, that's not even really an issue anymore. But no, it, this it is, explains why, you know, we might have missed out on a few things coming yeah, up. Yeah, this one is long, and this is one. Now, this is one of the last. You know, it was even. You could. I played this one several times, even when I was younger. In fact, I played it through. So, so the way the story works. Um, this is just so. It's just a little. Tell me, this is this the story is what sells this one. Uh, and the gameplay and all that's just Final Fantasy. It's amazing. Um, but you, uh, there's a, it's the technology and all this is kind of coming still after, you know, still swords and all that. But all of a sudden, this girl can do like magic. And the Emperor, so this is called, you get it from uh, Esper's and Magic Sight that they can create magic. So the Emperor, the evil Empire, is trying to. Uh, harness this from these espers is what what has them. They're like monsters that can do magic, and they're trying to track them down. Well, one girl named Tara is half esper, half human, and they don't know why she can do magic. You don't know she's you don't know this at the time, but she can do magic, and nobody knows why. So then, this treasure hunter named Locke, or a uh, you know thief, comes and takes her and runs away. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I'm just kind of saying. You know, and they, they hook up with all these underground resistances and try to protect this girl from the Empire the whole time. Um, and at the end of the thing, the bad guy, Kefka, who's kind of not even with the Empire, just kind of doing his own thing, 
ends up moving, you know, we don't even get into the statues, but he ends up destroying the whole world. And that's, he destroys the whole world. So essentially you've, now you're in this dark world. Everybody wakes up, you know, you wake up as Celeste, one of the characters and the world is different. It's changed. It's rearranged. It's been mauled. It's barren, right? It's groaning. And, uh, you have to go find and, and try to reestablish hope and go find and uh, rebuild your party. I mean, it's just amazing. It's a, it's a great story that you this, haven't seen it one like that since. The story's incredible, but I think, like I said, for me, it was like the really first RPG that got me into it. And so the cast of characters, it's not one main character and Absolutely. side characters. It's, it's a cast of characters. And then that part you just talked about, like, I think it was the first game I ever played where the bad guy won, if you really want to look at it like that. Like, halfway through the game, the bad guy wins. You basically spend the other half of the game trying to restore what you can restore. But in essence, he right. he, he kicked the world's butt. You lost. Yeah. And you have to cope with that. And I mean, and sometimes it's, it goes back to what age you were when you play these games. Like, like going back to talking to Nick about playing this, like, I think you would really enjoy it. I don't think it's going to have the impression on you if you've never played it before, as Chrono Trigger did when you were 15 years old, you know. Um, but I think right. you can definitely go back and enjoy it. Like, man, that's a great story. I can understand why those guys love it. But it's not going to hold the same... Sp- it's. I was so impressionable as a young teenager when that happened. And and this goes back to the culture change. You know, we, we're talking to some of your listeners are in their 20s, maybe a little bit younger, and, I mean, there's a lot of anti-hero stories, but anti-heroes weren't that big of a thing until the late 90s. And, I mean, for us who are wrestling fans, you know, the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm not saying he's the first anti-hero ever by any means, but that's the first one from a pop culture perspective that I can recall going, like, quote-unquote, we're cheering the, the bad guy on, you know, and we're kind of enjoying that, and it's become a norm now, but when you played video games from Nintendo in 94, bad guys don't win. Yeah. Having having said that about, you know, the two being so similar, I'm sure it's mostly, you know, copyright type issues, but I wish there were more they would take content, old content, and make new games. You know what I'm saying? Just pretty much because yeah. it would be totally <laughs> new to the generation after us. I mean, they made Red Dawn as a they didn't even use the same. They used Korea instead of China. I mean, uh, yeah. Russia. Russia. And probably most people thought it was a totally new movie. Just I'm sure take they did. The, just give the characters different names, but tr- take that. And and this is a weird. See that. This is a weird one because they've remade. I mean, four so many times. They're remaking seven now. Uh, they remastered ten. Uh, ten two, multiple but times. They will not touch this one, and they've done it for a cell phone. I don't count that, and it's just a very, just like a HD version. It's, it's probably one dude that won't sign off on it or something. Yeah, just to be a punk, man. This, but you could, if you, I mean, if you wanted, if they're doing this one like they're doing seven. This thing will take twenty years to make. Seriously, I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't want them to you remaster that down and everything. I don't want them to remaster this one. The game itself is beautiful. Make it available to people. You know, put it on the Switch uh, store. Put game- it on. Are video games anything like like music and and like intellectual property wise? Like eventually the patent expires. Yeah, so it's a so rule for everything. Yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like I don't know what the rule is, but it's like hundred years or something. It's right, not, so not, not nothing we'd get to 
it's a long time. I can't remember, but it's just like property. You just got to wait for the right person to die. It becomes public domain at some point. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, amazing. Oh man. I'm seeing the top of number, th- number three. And I can't believe nobody said this one yet. Oh, wow. Nobody said anybody want to take a shot. I'll say it's a PC game. Well, that's why I didn't say it then. But I mean, if it's a PC uh, game, yeah, I can exactly. only think. But I you only, played it. I can only think of two more. games. Then I'm thinking System Shock, maybe. I don't there, think it's System Shock. Shock. If it's if it's if it's this high, it's either WoW or it's Diablo. It's either what? WoW or Diablo? Oh, oh. Forgot about Diablo. That's got to be on the list. It's Diablo. Okay. Diablo two. Diablo two. It deserves uh, to be there. It deserves. Yeah, to absolutely. Be I got the remaster they just released, and it's. I, I just picked it up too. I, I I played three. I got I got engrossed in three for years. You know, just like spending hours after that one item, just to have a chance to roll on one item, and then I went back and tried the remastered version of two, and it's just. Man, I I, I bought two and put it in, and it said it needed an update, but then it said it's going to be four ninety nine for me to update it. What on what the PC or the console? No, man, I'm just making a joke because oh, dude, they are going nuts with this thing. Uh, microtransactions. Oh, I, 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 I know. What, what, what's happening? Oh, you're talking and about two, Immortals. Yeah, they even said the two remasters that, that, even that, got that, that kind of crap going in. That, that's probably that's probably when they have like <laughs> poor sales, they start giving it away. Everybody for free, thought it was real because it's this normal. <laughs> You know, and so, but they've they've gotten they gotten out of hand anyway. But back in the day, there was a Diablo two that you played, and you got the whole game. You didn't have to pay to open chests and loot boxes. You didn't have to pay to get legendary coins and whatnot. You just played enough of the game, and you got legendary loot. And the way that you build your this is just a this is a different type of RPG because this is just a looter. It's almost like a Borderlands type. Borderlands got a little bit more of a story. Diablo's got a story too. Nobody paid it. I never paid attention to that. There's not um, much of one there. Yeah. I mean, I get the gist of it. You know, it's like, but I don't know about the world I'm in and all this. I just wanted to play my character. And what was so fun about it is you get all your good stuff. Oh, I got uh, legendary. It'll be take the place of this purple. That's going to be better. Right. And it's, but it depends on your build. So then it turns out there's a whole other world with these builds that are just that just wreck and then that's where the the community comes in and all this that just that really gets into these diablos and i'm talking about diablo 3 but diablo 2 was uh was a lot of fun too and we played it with uh gadrock warchief gaddy and he would have the necromancer and he would always put his skill point on like getting another skeleton so at some point we had like it seemed like we had like 20 skeletons rolling around with just me and him <laughs> and around. Well, and then Diablo stacks with fingers and kills all of them when you finally get there. But I, I want to say uh, Diablo two at least at the beginning. Had, you remember old EverQuest corpse runs? Corpse, oh yeah. Where, where if you died, if you didn't make it back to your corpse, you lost all your stuff. Yep. I think, yep. I think Diablo two is like that <clears throat> because even on the remastered version. I think you did have to loot your corpse just, again. Just in, in modern games, everybody's just so spoiled into thinking they just get a do-over. You just respawn with all your... But yeah. it's, it's very unrealistic. And I think uh, I think Diablo 2 is like that. Which that, that <laughs> is a, that is an That is an element of difficulty because you pretty much either have to 
make a naked brawn or you have to always keep an extra set of gear in town to put on to fight back it's yeah that's true <laughs> yeah, i think you did have to loot your guy i don't remember that did yeah, you get on the computer the remaster uh coach did yeah. you get on the computer yeah, it's, it's on pc oh yeah, i got it I on the PS, ps5 i got the remaster on diablo 2 i started with diablo 3 and I, I yeah. love Diablo 3. And playing Diablo 2, this goes back to that, can you play a game before or after? I, I think it depends on the person and the time that you're playing. But, like, I can see why Diablo 2 got what, you know, why it, it was so <laughs> beloved. But I, and it was, I, I'm playing. It's such a huge improvement from 1. Yeah, which it was. I played 1 on the PlayStation. They actually, that was, a, <laughs> 1 was on the PS1. The 1 on the PlayStation was fun. But, I, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, I, still, I started I, with the PC. I still yeah, see, I'm not a C- PC guy. CD-ROM. For for Diablo one, but that that's um talking about console versus PC. It's nowhere near as steep a difference as first person shooters. But Diablo is so dependent on clicking on what you're trying to kill. I tried to play Diablo three <laughs> co op with my girlfriend on PlayStation, and I just yeah. sucked. Like trying to run around and like manually kill everything with sticks. Well, Yes and no. I, my daughter and me played Diablo three. You cannot play co op couch uh, couch co op on Diablo two, even with a remaster. They did not for weirdly yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I was disappointed in that. And I played Diablo three co op with my family too. So I, yeah, I play it with my daughter and she loves it. She's she's a sorceress, you know, girl girl, magic cool. She doesn't care. We're we're just rocking rocking the bad guys. That's all we yeah. care do, about. Do I'm walking around. Do, that's do, all do, I need. Do <laughs> Walking around as a girl sorceress, I'm happy. <laughs> that's all she wants, man. You know, if we got a unicorn in there, yeah, we'd be even no, happier. We're girl. fine. That's that's a parent. Look at dream. my flower I got in my house. Like, okay, yeah, see that. That's my little girls like that too. But uh, Diablo two, I remember playing again. This was cool because um, you know we pulled up. Uh, we had it on the P, uh, PC, and then uh, War Chief Gaddy would play it with me, and I'd say, I think. You can do two players, and I had to give him the little IP. It's like in the top of the top of the screen, and he typed it in, and he joined my world. And so you're playing two players, and I remember we'd be talking and just cutting up, having a good time, and you're fighting a boss. And then, like I said, we're talking. It's noisy. You kill the boss, and all of a sudden it gets quiet, and all here's everybody's just trying to click the loot as fast as they can to pick it up because it just it explodes like a pinata, but it's not shared. It's shared loot. So all you hear is like. And then eventually we just kind of we just laugh because we know well, I mean in EverQuest people click that boss like that right <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh my gosh so uh, yeah they they um, I, I'm just debating whether I'll tell this EverQuest story or not I'll just I'll pass well, on it but, but it just reminded me of that something else something else you just said about Diablo it's like I hate to always wax philosophical on all this stuff but the whole green, blue, purple, all that loot crap, that's fairly recent. Used to, you had to actually, like, look at the item and compare it to what you already have and, like, all things oh, considered, yeah, is this better? It's like everything is just getting made more and more lazy-friendly. But yeah. along with that is the fact that we're getting pinata, pinatas full of loot, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't just kill a guy and get a drop, a shield or whatever, you well, get 10,000 items. Not even items. for your class. <laughs> and, uh, yes and no. 
yes and no, I think, because what, I, what I'm thinking of is like going back to Borderlands 3. I think we all played that or have played it before. So, you know, Legendary being the best overall rating, but if you're not paying attention to what it says and what your mods are, that purple's probably 10 times better for your build than the overall Legendary stuff. So I, it's, right. it's mm-hmm. easier to identify, but you still got to do some digging if you want to look at stuff. Depending I guess on the it's game. just the, the, all the loot, I guess, is the is the kind of my gripe about it. It's just where did that come why, why from? Should, it's always this. Why is it EverQuest? The, the the same the color code. I thought it was WoW. Uh, I mean, I'm not. A, uh, I never uh, played WoW, but I thought it was from WoW. Was it WoW? I think I, it is, I think, do have well, it I think WoW. WoW started it, and maybe EverQuest uh, retroactively added it, you know, to keep up with the Joneses. Because I do remember. Like at some point when you put up your inventory, each each item had a little you know hue to it. Well, but going I, going back to another thing you said though, Coach is like I, I, there's a fine balance, and I think we're all different. And what I mean by that is, uh, I'm about to bring a sore subject up with Hollywood. I loved Destiny One, and Destiny One you had to grind to get certain things, and I mean it was all RNG and all that, and I mean you could grind forever and ever and ever and not get the one thing that you wanted. And, and people love that for the most part. And I mean, I get it. You know, it makes you unique because you have this very rare item that you obviously had to spend time to grind on that stuff. But I mean, to a certain point, it just breaks people. Like, I'm trying to get this specific piece of loot. And I've done this raid 147 times and it's not dropped. But it's dropped for Coach 43 times in the times that we've raided together. Yeah. And I'm the, effing done with the game. Uh, that, that, yeah. that, that That's... uh. At some point, I just want to know if I go do this arduous task, I will get this reward. a reward. Yeah, the, the whole the whole element of chance just that make oh, it's, that's, it's artificial difficulty, pretty much. Exactly, I that's what they people, did arbitrarily. You keep, you keep people playing. Well, you, you can't have to. trade, you know, in Destiny yeah. or anything like that. You so you Destiny. have to forces you to keep playing and you know do the nightfall over and over and over until you get Galahorn, and you just done the same same. Uh, you know, stuff over and over. Well, then you get Galahorn, you're like, okay, well, I'm well, done. Even with, even with Diablo, I mean, you know, okay, cool, you got this specific legendary item that you wanted, but it doesn't have the perfect roll on it. It's it's yeah. two points off of the perfect roll, and you need the perfect roll, so you're going to do it again and again. Pe- pe- people, yeah. But people have bought, taken it hook, line, and sinker. They're pretty much oh, yeah. getting, they're getting more, like, mon- their content is lasting a lot longer than it should. And we're and we're and we're per, feeding into parti- it. You're right. Yeah, we're we're participating into it there. Nick, I know you got something to say on this, man. I see you back there chilling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm listening. I just uh, Destiny was interesting in in the regards of how it wanted you to explore the lore outside of it. I actually didn't mind it. I I enjoyed Destiny two more, but I I did like the original one as well. I just uh, I was already kind of transitioning onto, you know, my computer after, you know, making enough money being in the military. I was able to afford all these things with the computer that I've always wanted. So that's how I kind of started gearing towards that. It was like around that time. Uh, but back to Diablo 2, 
I'm slightly offended that you said that you didn't care for the story. I see but back then it was when they had like all the lore of Diablo and when Blizzard was awesome where they had it in the books and the instruction manuals were actually just uh, encyclopedias yeah. of so, all the lore. So I was like, Oh man, I loved it. I had a ripped game version. So yeah, and, and I didn't have a ripped game version. I just got the new remastered one, but I got it digital. So like I love lore. I absolutely love lore. And that's what I'm saying is like, and I'll go dig into stuff. Now going back to what you said about destiny real quick. I thought that was actually, I, I hated it at first, but I think it's actually the perfect way to implement it in a game. You want to go find it? It's there. You go look it up. If you are a rev and you could care two less, let me shoot all the things in the face. Don't worry about it. Story's there. You can see it if you want to. You don't have to see it. Just go shoot the thing. So I, I kind of like how Destiny's done it. Uh, I would love to learn the lore on Diablo. I just haven't taken the time, and I didn't get an instruction manual and stuff with it, and I just haven't yeah, I really say- come across... You love the way how Destiny did it because Destiny didn't do it right. You love the idea that the lore is outside the game, which I do like that too. If you want to get deeper, but you do have to have some element of a story to make me want to go off the game, right? Destiny Destiny 2 has has actually tied that into what you're talking about. So Destiny 1 was kind of dumb. Yeah, so Destiny 1, you had to go look up the Grimoires and you had to go on their website to find it. Destiny 2, And they that was the issue because yeah. games already did it. They had their own codex and encyclopedia to do all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, mm-hmm. they had that codex. Dragon Everything Age. got updated. Yes. And so th- that was what was kind of was the offensive thing. It was like, okay, yeah, now you're making me work for this for for a gift, you know, like a digital gift card, like that—that that was the original NFT right there. It was the the, the grimoire <laughs> from Destiny One. Yeah. There you go. Well, I should say I like how they do it in two, then. But yeah, and like, and I love how Mass Effect, and I loved how Dragon Age. Like, I love looking at the codex, and I'll sit there sometimes and just read it. Like seriously, like with Mass Effect, I would wait till I got like X amount of those because you have the little indicator saying you haven't read it yet, and then I'll just take twenty minutes and just read through yeah, a whole section. Uh, I can't do it. It's gonna be ten cents a page on Diablo Four for lore. I, I, I love I love to read. I just I guess it's kind of just like the fishing and horse riding. I love to read, but I don't want to feel like I'm reading a book while I'm playing a video game. It's like I, I want I want some enga- yeah. engagement, you know. No, I get I it. I think it should be give you a lot of engagement in the game, and if you want to go deeper, like I mean, I don't it's know, not, just think of any game, it, and it, it just think of Star Wars, you know. If I want to, if I want to figure out w- what happened to Darth Vader, how did he turn into it? I got enough of watching the first two or three to get the good idea. But what, you know, what does that mean that he turned to the dark side? How? What? How, who convinced him? How did that go down? And maybe you can go dig and, deeper if you want. And, yeah. And a, lot, a lot of times, I think it's it's like they probably didn't really think that much about it, but then people get so engrossed in it, they have to. <laughs> retroactively I, I think know, it make depends up, make up yeah, exactly. a, a story so I think it, it depends on the, the game Zelda timeline well that's Zelda timeline which we've done a podcast on that but I, <laughs> Bioware and Bethesda are pretty darn good about figuring out the lore before and implementing it in their games I would give them credit for that but like yeah, yeah, yeah there's some other ones where it's just kind of like yeah we gotta throw a story together like what that, that first Dragon Age was so tight uh, it was awesome. Origins lo- is incredible. And, and, and the second one, that, but I, they lost me on the first open world one, but I just... Was that like, part two? No, I think... Or it, Inquisition. That, they made two... Talking? Inquisition was the first, was the one that... I love, I like that one I too. I didn't like, but it's like when something happens in a game and it 
takes you way back to something. It's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. And Dark Souls was that that way. You had you had come to a like say a door. It's like this door will not open. You say okay, and you just go play the game some more. And eventually, at some point in the game, you'll come out that door. And it's like ah oh. yeah. And I yeah. just I love when they like Ian said they have it all in mind from the beginning. But it's yeah. it's just not. That's the true apparent. great ones. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on and so to the top three. Number three is Diablo two. Let's see what number two is. Wow, I did not think this. World of Warcraft is number two. So it is. So they, they do are, have MMOs. They are on I, the list. That's the two uh, that Ian said. I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, so is this what this is? Yeah, World of Warcraft. It, it's it, not it, Warcraft. It, 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 it brought mainstream culture into our world. That's what World war, war of Warcraft. It really did, yeah. It, my, my, it, say my, what I feel about it now. There's there's a lot to be said about it because they took challenging aspects like they had for EQ, but they made it. They marketed it to a casual market. Mm-hmm. They wanted you to be casual with the game, you know. And, my, my brother is as far from a gamer yeah. as you would ever think, and he was like max level mage like texted me about raids and stuff it was just it they they had the formula my, my, yeah. my, my brother's whole little friend group was doing raids the way me and my friend group used to ride back rows and drink beer it, yeah it's just that they they nailed it well, it, it, that's what it kind of mentions. The writer here it says, I often wonder how I would explain to a child of the 80s or early 90s that a game like WoW exists. I suppose I'd just say, see, there's a persistent world filled with wonders that you and your friends can spend thousands of hours exploring as you work together to defeat overwhelming threats and write your own adventures. They'd probably, not, they'd probably understand the appeal of the idea, but may not be able to comprehend how such a thing could be possible. And it's so true if you think back then, man. I mean, but like we said, Final Fantasy two, that was in like ninety two or something, and you know that was an overwhelming thing. I would not even understand how an MMO. We know we didn't know what the internet was, but, um, yeah. How do you even? When did when did uh? So well, this Ultima was the first Ultima Online was like one of the first ones, right? And then EverQuest, and then this one. And yeah, well, came out in '04. That, I, I didn't get to yeah. experience it, but there were these MUDs. I think that multi-user dungeon was what it originally stood for. But people were doing it long before, you know, because, I mean, it, it's it's fun to just, you're essentially playing D&D in a chat room. And then it, yeah. just, it just eventually grew into graphical interface. But even in EverQuest, I was pretty much holding, holding down auto-run while I was typing, it's, it's pretty much how I became a proficient typer. Right. But, but it's it's pretty much they took the the, the elements of, of paper and pencil gaming and just gave us something to look at. Initially, yeah. at least. Yeah, this game, I think I got it in 2005 or like the year after it came out or maybe like later that year. But... Um, I just kept hearing about it and hearing about it. And I was like, because I did play EverQuest with you guys for a while. And then uh, WoW came out. And dude, it just it hooked me in so hard that, uh, man, it was just, it was brutal. It helped me out when I didn't have any money. 
because uh, I didn't have to go anywhere. I could just yeah. stay at home and play that. But that's why EverQuest got got me through college. It was like a an additional twenty thousand dollar loan that I don't have to pay back <laughs> just because yeah. I just because I sat at my apartment the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what we were just talking about uh, swinging. It's just like, how would you explain this to somebody, a kid in the eighties or early nineties? Like, there will be a game called WoW, and this is what you can do. I think you he know, has it. It's uh, I, well, I, I have a funny story with WoW. So, okay, couple things. Number one, uh, I've loved RPGs since Final Fantasy VI. Um, when WoW came out, I purposely did not play it for two reasons. Number one, I have a very obsessive compulsive an addictive personality. And I knew what was going to happen if I started playing. Wow. I would never be able to put it down. I mean, I ever had been around and stuff like that. And I'm laughing because thank you. And I've never touched it. I have never, I've seen it played. I've never touched it. And actually that's why I hate myself for ever playing destiny because I got hooked on the looter shooter. And it's the online aspect that kills me. I can play that on my own all day long. I'm, I don't want to be the four of us are doing a raid and I'm like, yo, I got to dip out. Like I got work in three hours and I've been up yeah, doing this tough. with you guys. And speaking of People that, depend on you. three of the four of us are former military or current military air force and all that. The funny thing about wow, one of my funniest stories I ever had as a supervisor is I had a troop who got in some trouble. <clears throat> I'm not going to get into, but he was being forced out of the military. And at the exact same time, um, for those who've ever served in the Air Force, I was a first sergeant. I filled in as a first sergeant before the disciplinarian stuff. So I just handed the role back over, but the other guy I dealt with was getting kicked out because of wow. Because this guy worked 12-hour shifts, and he was roommates with like three other dudes, and he was your as stereotypical gamer as you can think of. He would get off of work after a 12-hour shift, which is usually like a 13- to 14-hour shift for changeover you know, prior to the shift and when you get off. He would roll by the gas station. He would grab a bag of Doritos, a couple of things of uh, Mountain Dew and some cigarettes, Marlboro Lights, <laughs> and he would go back to his his room and he would just grind. just grind <laughs> until oh, about two hours, about two hours until uh, it was time to go to work. Still in his uniform, hasn't showered, hasn't bathed. And so first he started off as a stinky kid. Like, bro, man, you got to get your hygiene right, man. Like, this is this is disgusting. This is messed that up. Take cuts into my grind time. I can't be taking those. <laughs> it shower. cuts into his grind time, and he, he dude, <laughs> he was consistently late, and we kicked <laughs> him out of the air force because he could not get to work on time because he was addicted to wow. And ironically, as I was having to get one of my own troops out of the air force for a, a more significant issue, I was at the uh, the final administrative portion of that with that kid with his supervisor there. And I just kind of gave the guy a look and I'm just like, I know why you're here, dude. But like, that's ridiculous. And that's the only kid I ever saw get kicked out of the air force because of wow. But I can tell you that's not an, an a unique story probably for no, anybody but in the military that. itself. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. talk, this, this isn't, this isn't military, but it's speaking to that same uh, concept. I've, <laughs> I worked nights. I've worked nights for 18 years. Uh, seven on, seven off. Obviously, I'm off now. Uh, my first day off. But uh, I joined an EverQuest guild in Germany. So I could raid with them at noon. And they're, you know, like one o'clock. And just their normal, I just got off work, six o'clock, let's raid. I would come home from work 
go to sleep, set my alarm, wake up, raid, um, go back to sleep, wake up, go to work. And I did that for five, six years. And I made it happen. But that is a pretty substantial investment in a professional career to set your alarm to wake up and play a video game with people yeah. you couldn't even talk to in real life. But it amazes me how like they were so pro- proficient in English, but we're all typing. Of course, we're not talking to each other. But it's, it's almost embarrassing, but I'm comfortable sharing it with with you guys. You know, Well, that's, that's what happened to me with EverQuest. Is that, yeah, now this, the, with EverQuest was that I remember had a binder with all of the quest information. I have to study it to figure out what to do. And I'm like, man, I'm spending more time studying this dang game than I am like something in life that would work. (laughs) And I turned, that's when I stopped. Yeah. And, uh, at least for that time and then just at least put at least, at least step back. But, um, these things are, you know, people, people died because they didn't want to get off the game. Like literally, I was in Korea when that happened. When yeah, that when that and, kid killed, you know, yeah, just like starved to death or died of thirst or whatever, dysentery yeah. or something. I mean, like, and it's just like a big deal getting your account stolen, right? People, yeah. people are so invested into these, and that that's what that's what did it for me. Like, just the simple concept of if the Sony servers caught fire and burnt down, this would end. None of this is real. <laughs> Like I don't even I don't yeah. even have this character on my personal computer. It's on a server yeah. somewhere, and I'm paying them just to to access s- your car. Right. So and I was like, I'm I'm laughing because you know? it's 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 it is an addiction. It's crazy. And so, like I said, the only thing I've come close to that is Destiny, and uh, it was Destiny One for me. Um, and the only reason that I stopped playing was because I moved to a place where my internet was so horrible that I couldn't play it. And I mean, it was almost like I was Blessing fiending. Like, I like, like, you know, I'm on Dave Chappelle. You, you moved know, to Hillsborough. I was, yeah, I, was I moved left. to Hillsborough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the first, first month I was like, man, it was an itch. Like, man, I got to get on. I got to talk to my boys. I got to play the game. I got to do this grind. And then like a month later, I look back, going back to what you're talking about, coach. And it's just like, who cares? Who cares that I didn't get this legendary weapon? Yeah. Who cares I didn't complete this strike or this raid or this whatever? And, you know, and after like three months, I looked well, back on it, and I'm just like, I just start laughing. Like, man, I cannot believe that game ran my life like that. And I, I laugh because I um, I still stayed in touch with all the guys I was in my clan with in Destiny 1. Oh, and yeah. I got back into Destiny 2 since I moved here to Austin. I don't play it nearly like that. I mean, I'm, we're talking about I was playing three, four hours a day. Like, I would get all the kids' stuff done, take care of the kids, take care of the family. And from 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning, it was with the boys playing, you know, playing the game. It didn't interrupt my personal life as far as the family went. But, like, I was only getting three, four hours of sleep because I was doing raids every night, you yeah. know, at, at sex, X, Y, and Z. And then, like... Now I tell them, like, I, I'm still friends with them. We stayed in touch the whole time. And when I got back in, I told them, I was like, you're going to get me one night, maybe two nights a week. And at 10 o'clock, I'm done. Unless we're, like, in the middle of something. But if it goes past 11, I will seriously jump out of the game and stop playing. Like, I will leave you hanging dry. <laughs> it, re- it really shows a, an intense, like, sense of responsibility to be a part of a guild or a clan or, you know, something. It's just, it's about something that's really, you know, not that important. 
Yeah. And everybody's, you're get their gameplay experience depends on you. That's what's hard to, you know, you doing your job and they do your job, but it's a vicious cycle. And I mean, I, and I play destiny too, and it just depends on how you do it. But wow. And these destinies, you know, nowhere near if, you, if it's just for people that don't know any better, uh, yeah. potentially that not near as deep as these games would be. And you can really fine tune, um, and you invest so much time into it that you don't want to stop because you're like, well, I don't want to waste all the, t- you feel like you wasted your time, you know, five years of your life to build this character up. You don't want to, so you're going to have to waste some more time. So you feel like you didn't waste your time, right? If you just quit, you're like, well, then I just, you're just admitting that it was a waste of time at that point. And I it's mean, always looking back on it, time, that's, that's what it was, you know, like, man, I cannot it, believe I was yeah, that absolutely. invested into it's, it. it. It's, it's, it's essentially learning how to cut your losses in a way yeah. that you really actually lost nothing. It, at least there's not, you know, something you're going to have to live with. Yeah. Sometimes, true. sometimes, well, you, sometimes you just got to end it like a bad relationship. Yeah. Well, uh, like, like we were saying, this thing was, was, uh, at its peak with the wrath of the lynch king that's getting ready to come out again uh obviously not near to the much acclaim as it did the previous time but um i was i had to go to the desert to the deed in the military with my computer and it got sand or something in there it's just so hot the graphics car started glitching and it just finally shut down i've been (laughs) there i was playing i was playing wrath yeah but so it was so popular, and I remember this story that uh, you remember the coffee shop that they had. It's a little coffee shop trailer. I do. Oh, it was I called, called the Green. Place. It was, it was, it was so called the like Green a 10 Bean. By ten foot trailer. It was a Green Bean. Was it? Co- yep. Green, green Bean. bean? It's Green Bean. Yeah. And uh, and there was a the place called uh, the Bra, which is just two. It's a big top tent where they had the internet for oh, everybody. They sold those rats running around between our congregates, <laughs> congregates, so they can get online. <laughs> And so this guy, so then some people can go to the coffee shop and if you got, you can get a weak signal at the coffee shop at the earlier times. And, um, and so if you're a big baller, this guy pulled out his computer, set it up, set up. Wow. I think I told you this swing it. Yeah. And then he pulled out this little satellite antenna. This goes <laughs> booster <laughs> came up like that. <laughs> it kicked everybody off the internet. I think I've just seen. so he could play wow and they were like it so, searching her and so, they said dude put that antenna up and he's like no he said what what happened you just sucked all the internet out of this room with this antenna and it kicked everybody off and he's like did it no it didn't work like that and he's like dude if you don't like some kernel or something it's like if you don't put that antenna up I mean think about all this investment this dude did Pull this I'm, little baby antenna satellite out. That's I'm, fascinating. I'm, 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 I'm laughing. I'm laughing because of this. So, how many times did you both go out there? I went out there three different times to the D. I went out there three times. I okay. I lucked out with once. I was so first time I was there. There was no internet. Everybody was at the bra. They played spades. They played bones. They they drank. They did whatever. Second time I was out there. I think it's the same time Hollywood was, and the internet had just gotten there, and people were doing that. But um. So the third time I was out there, they even had their own like, um, oh my god, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call it Craigslist, right? You know, they like a the LUD had a, like a web page where you could like you know do stuff. Yard and sales. So, what's that? <laughs> Garage sales out of your trailer. Well, I mean, pretty no, much. Wasn't it like the like the base yard sale page or something? Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of was. So anyway, we the the group I was with we. 
we love video games, but we weren't big PC guys. So we would go out to the bra and we would drink. And it got less and less people doing that social stuff. Everybody was on their internet. And so we go up, and it was another guy comes up to me, and he just starts laughing his butt off. We're drinking drinks at the bra, and he's like, hey, man, look at the table over there. And we look over the table, and we're like, what's so funny, dude? There's like 20 dudes over there. He's like, I told those guys on the post that uh, my dad worked at, uh, oh, what is it, Blizzard, who does WoW? He's like, told them that I have the, a beta version of the new expansion. He's like, let's see how long those guys wait. Three and a half hours <laughs> later, there were still people waiting for him to show up to give them a demo of, quote, unquote, the next wow, you know, wow expansion. And hey, <laughs> they're probably guild leaders. <laughs> Bro, guild leaders ridiculous. trying to lead raids. I, I, I know, the, I know the, the net's been around for a while, but I was still using America Online dial-up at my apartment in, at Ole Miss in 2002. And um, I'm raiding, like, I, I could play EverQuest, but when I was raiding, I had to, like, look at the ground. So I didn't get so much lag that I would just crash. So, uh, I mean, that's like yesterday in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. And when I moved to Clinton, we got, uh, I think it was Roadrunner cable internet. And it was like, it, I might as well have just bought the game all over again, you know. It's like, oh, so this yeah, is what it's like. Day. To yeah. actually, you know, be on the internet, so to speak. Like nowadays, if if it takes, if my email doesn't pop up immediately, I get pissed. If it, ta- yeah. if it takes one second to load. So I missed I, the 14 four baud days. What are you uh, talking about? Oh, yeah. man. I, the, the, my I fir- had 56, my, 6, my, my, whatever my, it was. My first online gaming experience was playing Doom against my next door neighbor on probably that, if not 14. But it was Northland Cable dial-up, and it's I get very nostalgic about that sound. But it's what you're saying about having internet access on the on the base versus not. Yeah, it totally changes our you know engagement. But it just society as a whole. If you give them the internet, they're most likely going to sit in the corner and stare at their phone. And 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 yeah. that was a crazy thing. Is so I went out there. Four times, actually. I went four times. I went three years back to back to back. I think it was like 07, 08, 09 or something like that. And then I went back right before I retired. I think it was 2019, 2000. Yeah, in 2019, I went out there. Or 18. And I laughed my butt off. So the bra still exists. But the internet is everywhere at that. It's This is a deployed location we're talking yeah. about. And you will not... It, dude, it is, it is like uh, a ghost town out there. You will find like three people here having a drink. You'll have four people here playing dominoes. That place used to be packed and everybody's in their dorm room, not being sociable with each other. You know, just the sad thing about it. Hey man, AC, I would take AC any day if I could be on my phone all day. I I think, I think, I think it's just a, a, a culture problem that we think we're still connected, but, yeah, this, is, this, is to- this is totally different than the four of us sitting in a bar having the same conversation. You know, at yeah. least we see each other. But yeah. like, po- posting on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, pe- people are, are uh, deteriorating like socially. Well, let me but, let me let me bring this full and circle. And WoW then. started this. Crap. And WoW started. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> and, and MMORPGs is the start of all that. Thanks. Wow. You already I had gamers that like being alone anyway, and then yes. they, they got to do that. I, I appreciate. Well, rest in peace, land parties. 
Number one, what do you guys think? Of course, it's Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it's absolutely. Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it has to be. So this may. So I'm just going to read this little write-up because I, I don't. Let's just see what it says. Maybe this is an oddly appropriate statement for a game about time travel, but I'm fairly certain that Chrono Trigger will remain, will forever remain a timeless masterpiece. Chrono Trigger is almost flawless. Is an almost flawless game that not only combines so many of the things that we love about RPGs, but arguably perfects them. Assembled by a team, dream team of some of the best JRPG creators ever. Uh, makes even the most unmundane elements seem absolutely joyful. So there's a few other things too, but uh, yeah, that's. It's just a beautiful game, beautiful colors. It just it, it lives up. I mean, to the graphics, you could play this one, and, and kind of get it, you know, right off the bat. Um, the music is gorgeous. That theme song. Oh man, man the music is beautiful. The Magnus fight. Yeah, I, dude. It's. I mean, uh, a lot. Wow. This is probably the third podcast I've been on where this game has come up. I want to say it was either number one or number two in our top one hundred Super Nintendo games when that we did Hollywood. I mean, yeah, I'm I, sure. I, and I, I think probably that two was to Mario World. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Mario <laughs> the World. Honorary, the honorary number one on every list. Yeah. So I mean, the the RPG Dream Team. I knew that a while back. I think you were shocked at that factoid because it was like the guy, yep. the the head guy at Dragon Quest, the head guy at Final Fantasy, and the like the main artists or creator of Dragon Ball Z are the three who came together for this. The curatorial. Yep. And uh, I mean, yeah, for dude, me, that's. Going back to what I was saying before, this is the perfect RPG for me now. It was a perfect RPG for me back then because now it's it, I'm not overwhelmed with side quests. You can play this game very quickly. You got, what, 17 different endings, 10 different endings? I can't remember how yeah, many different ton, endings yeah. there are. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it was just perfect at the time. And that's I, I glad I'm glad he wrote it up that way. Is is it timeless? This one, yes. I, I think there's certain games you go back and play and you're like, I understand why it it has a respect it has, but it doesn't hold up well. This one, because of the art style, because of the story, because of how it was done, it, it will hold up. I mean, I, I really do. I think 20 years from now, it might not be number one. It'll probably be top 10 still. You know, and, and the Super Nintendo yeah. is an interesting generation to me because, like I said, I'm not a big graphics whore, but, like, you go back and look at some Nintendo games. I mean, it is hard to look at some of those games graphics-wise. Like, man, that is an ugly-looking game. And then now you choose yeah. an art style, you know, the Super Nintendo, a lot of them were that anime, you know, pixel art, whatever. They still hold up well. Uh, I think it still looks beautiful, just like uh, Zelda Link to the Past holds up well. But Ocarina of Time, great game. I, it's very blocky, you know, even with it being smooth over with HD and stuff. That's a very blocky looking game, you know. And so I think Chrono Trigger is just a timeless classic, and I 100% agree with that statement. I'd like to ask Nick a question. Um, you know, we appear to have the same, you know, Super Nintendo, you know, adolescent experience. I had never heard of Chrono Trigger until me and Marcus uh, lived together in college. How, how did you, like, how did you get exposed to it? Um just saw the game on the shelf at a Hollywood video, took it home, uh, fell in the, love. Well, that, so that, was, that explains how one simple thing can change so much. Cause my video store didn't have it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, mine, it was, I mean, um, you know, I grew up in Vegas, so, like, you know, I was fortunate to have everything everywhere, but I went there, and, I mean, I was, I, you know, I tried not to get the late fees, so I would just constantly keep renting it, and then eventually got to a point that I begged my parents, like, please mm-hmm. just get this for me for Christmas. I'll save my money. It costs this much. Like, I gave them all the information. Like, I was in love with the game. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember just out of all the other games that I played, you know, because I did play Secret of Mana before that, I was already starting to get into the JRPG scene from there. And like, I was hooked, absolutely hooked. That that just, that makes me more interested to, you know, give it a fair shake, even, you know, having said what I've said about going back and playing old games, just. Because I've never heard, I just missed it. There's like five years there, like, uh, just didn't, I was out, I guess, uh, running the streets or whatever, but I've never heard a bad thing about it from anybody. See, I don't remember you being much of a, I mean, I remember you, we, we didn't really start hanging, we, we knew of each other, but we didn't really start hanging out until Jones too much i mean we hung out some but we just happened to be in the same spot you know i I, I just i just i was like i was full tilt nerd until high school then i tried to be cool for four years and nerd a little bit on the side and then after i got out i realized okay it's better just just be nerd all the time (laughs) yeah i did that too I think I think a lot of it. We're we're a weird generation, and not not just when it comes to video games, but in general. I mean, uh, without getting too in depth, I, I hate the fact that I'm termed a millennial because I was born in '81. Because I think it's a, I think there's like a six year little mini group that you're a geriatric s- millennial. I know because I'm '83. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean, we remember playing until the street lights went out. I remember what a eight track looks like and a, and a record player looks like, but we were also at that perfect age of when technology came in, we weren't so old that it, it went over our heads. You know, we were able we, to we adapt to it. it. We lived through it. Now, same thing with the video games. We, we grew up the age that the, the core group of us are is a weird spot because we didn't have the internet. So it really bowled down and mommy and daddy, were not going to be dropping $60. Uh, you know, I don't care how rich your parents were, or how well off you were. They weren't going to be dropping you know, I'm trying to do math in my head real quick. You know, five games was $300. $300 back then was a lot different than $300 now. But, I mean, $300 now is still a lot of money. You know, so it really boiled down to what does your local video game place have, rental place have? What games does your boy have? And, you know, are you willing to trade with them? And it's the same thing with, like, knowing about this stuff. Even, like, we, I think me and Hollywood have had this talk. Like, Zelda 1. Like, how did you figure out that stuff? It was on the playgrounds like, yo, bro, found level five, found the fifth dungeon, dude. Took me forever. I was burning trees and bushes at the top left corner of the map or one of your, and finally or found one it. of your friends had a Nintendo Power subscription. <laughs> or, or that. You or you, up, know. you know, trading games. Nobody trades no now. That's that was a big oh, no. deal. But you would not gonna you would not discover Chrono Trigger by trading because nobody was ever going to trade you that. They weren't going to give that one up. They or were never borrow. Get... Or, or borrow. Man, like, yo, dog, I know you then played it four times. But no, that's what I'm saying. Even borrow. That's what even... Because those were like... Uh, I, I didn't let anybody borrow uh, Final Fantasy VI forever. And you know that whole story, blah, blah, blah. I do. And then I let Clear Bart and it's gone. Uh, <laughs> but because of that very reason. And it's not because oh, Clear's not trustworthy. It's because stuff happens and then it's out of your control and then it's gone. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, even... So I kind of kept those 
close to my chest and and certainly uh chrono trigger i mean you know these are these are the games that were you know like we're talking about nobody knew about rpgs right and then you know you just start falling in love with them or jrpgs yeah nintendo power even sent out dragon warrior for free back in the day so and it with with guys on tell you how these things work and that is a true just grind fest uh, dragon warrior which is dragon quest in japan but um you know and now you're starting to add some good graphics and some uh and some uh story to hear and uh then you just do this character development as well and um this was like the pinnacle right i don't i think it came out in 92 or 3 maybe even 4 i, 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 I was I, I was just looking it's uh 95 cuz okay wow I, I, I just, yeah. I just, I, I, that is that is my most like if i had to pick a year that i probably would have missed a game it was whenever i had a car wreck and almost killed myself yeah yeah but uh you know it's i know we can go into what makes this game gate uh makes this game game great and everything obviously the choices you make uh stuff like that all changes it and that was a different thing is time travel so little things you do can change it uh the, the main protagonist at the beginning uh magus uh can actually join i thought that was the coolest thing when you have the choice to fight him or he can join you and yeah. you had a tough choice because you've had frog who got turned into frog by magus and he's been your your loyal ally all this time and now you're gonna take magus in as your friend to fight a greater evil and you're gonna you're gonna hurt frog's feelings right and he'll never be a human again if you do that and that's the first game i remember that so happening and choice. you look at it I, I think the only other game i can think of that does that is dragon age origins where i cannot think of that guy's name but there's a there's a human bad guy if you will and you get to the end and you can actually recruit them and i and that and when i finally got to do that it reminded me of chrono trigger i was like man that's only the second rpg where i've recruited a guy that i've been going against that i could remember yeah. you know, throughout the game and he's already wrecked you several times and then now you get him and he has all the fire too, ice too, lit too. man this is mm-hmm. he's can crush it man you know and now he's on your team there's just there's, and so, there's very very few <clears throat> things like so universally accepted but they aren't just common knowledge you know you can't just walk up to somebody that's not a gamer and say what's the best video game ever they'll probably say you know duck hunt pac-man but but if you ask (laughs) a gamer it's almost always going to be chrono trigger and that just an rpg fan is going to be on that list every rpg fan uh, that's a, a certain age, I will even say, because I mean, you know, they got the American, so that you know, that's JRPGs, and then the American ones like Skyrim and Fallout, they're different. Um, and so, if you got used to that style, you don't want to go to turn based and all this. But uh, I like the turn based; they're making a comeback. And uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give credit to Matthew Bird here, who wrote this list. I thought it was a pretty good list. Uh, you can find them at Silver Tuna zero one four. I uh, just want to give you that credit there. So we're not trying to like steal your writings or anything, but uh, just have a fun time with this uh, blind template. list. It's always fun. What's that? The yeah, template? Uh, yeah. It's a template. Because we, we it would take the rest of the year to like con- consent on a top 10 list between. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not already done, I guess. Well, that's what they do. I mean, I, I, I know a guy that wrote for blogs. They all go top, t- top anything sales big time. 
And so they just, he said, dude, I just go find a top 10 guns and I'll just go to YouTube and find one and then write up about it. And it always just gets like, you know, tons of clicks, but, um, so everybody does it. But anyway, uh, but it's fun for us because we don't know what it's going to be. And I don't know. And I, and I know a little bit, I mean, I know Nick's an RPG or I know Ian is a, uh, or swinging is a, you know, same kind of gamer as me. We kind of grew up at the same time. I know coaches gaming habits too, a little bit of uh, PC obviously MMOs and we played a little bit. So that's all I really know. So we're going to have different uh, opinions on it and different points of view. So, so that's always fun. Something about our little conversation now, just like I have these flashes of insight, but Gamefly came along about 20 years too late. <laughs> it was kind of like, it was kind of like Netflix, you know, if you yeah. could just get anyone mail to your house and you keep it as long as you want to, that would have been perfect. But it, they did it for about three years, and then the internet just when you could download. I loved GameFly though. I loved and their that, things. I, I was able to get Dark Alliance too. I still have prototype. <laughs> I still have their prototype. I've never sent it back. Well, yeah, I guess I was, if it went out of business, they just kept you just kept the game forever. <laughs> well, that shows your age right there. You tell these young kids that Netflix used to come in the mail, they'd lose their mind. But I, I thought the list was pretty I good. Have, I, I miss those days. A, I'll, I'm not lying. I do too. I do too. There's, there's two games I didn't agree with on the list, and I, I made my point on both of this between the two parts. I, I don't think I would agree with um, – well, now I'm having a brain fart on the other one. I, I don't agree with Pokemon. That's just me. I mean, I, I can think of two games I would have put in its place, and that would be Final Fantasy Tactics or Super Mario RPG are two games I would have put on this list over Pokemon. You almost have yeah. to think that you almost have to think their audience goes outside the gamer audience into the more broad. No, and I, I mean, I get well, it. I'm just saying, on a personal list, I thought he did a great job. I think it's a great list. I, I, those are the only two out of twenty five. I mean, that's not bad. Those, those were the you know, or one really. What was so? Yeah, so that's only one. The um, I, trying to I gotta the wow. I don't know that that's a unique one because it's an MMO and the only tactics based is Fire Emblem. That was 24. I'm trying um, to remember now what all... You know... So, let's see. Was it Earthbound you might not agree with? Or Vagrant Story? Yeah, I think I'd take out and Vagrant Final Story. Final Fantasy 9 instead of... Final Fantasy 9... Well, I think Final yeah, Fantasy 9 would, should have been Final Fantasy 7 or 10, but whatever. Yeah, I would take Vagrant Story out, unless I'm missing something. Uh, That's the one like we kind of talked about. Like, that yeah. was a... We didn't, I didn't, it is, it's just, it was kind of a slog to get through. I didn't really enjoy it. I kind of just felt like I needed, I'm just waiting for it, something to happen. Well, right? I mean, and, I owe it, and I owe it to Square. Square, <laughs> and that's what I say, Square couldn't do no wrong, but I think I would have put Parasite Eve over right. over Vagrant Story. But I mean, that's just yeah, me, that'd personal better. preference. Yeah, Parasite Eve could have got on here. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's yeah, a good point. Would, the, the, or, or what about a Castlevania Symphony Night? Oh, see, that would have been we're gonna open it. We're opening up that can of worms again. Oh, that's what we're doing. I, yeah, I, that's I what think, we need to uh, do. I think Metal Gear Four, uh, that that was pain, good. They did a great job translating that into what I think it was. It was a. I always told people it was like uh, Skyrim with guns. I mean, you yeah. could you could have played that game forever. And then, see, I couldn't and, get and into four, it, and I couldn't even get into five. Five's the five's the one that you're talking about. Five, where it's open world with the yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah that that one was good. Um, it just it all, yeah, it all depends on how you define it. That that's what what really makes the list for me. And Pokemon, the, the wow. Pokemon wouldn't even be in consideration. So 
Well, I think, you know, WoW is just so far out. That's like a totally different genre. I don't, I mean, obviously it's an RPG, but it's not really fair, right? But still, Corona Trigger beat WoW. I mean, WoW is meant to be an ongoing story that never ends. And, um, and it's more about just running with your friends. It's not really develop. And you do develop a character, but it's not to see some type of event come to a conclusion um, and depending on your choices made, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it's just different. So if we're um, talking about, so if we're talking about classic days, the missing diplomat quest line is probably one of the strongest quest lines in the entire game. It was it involved with the Defias Brotherhood and everything like yeah. I mean, and then obviously the Lord that led up from the 20 years of worth of, you know, that led up to uh, Warcraft three and then the additional four years after between, you know, three to, to World of Warcraft. So, like, there's – and then, yeah, the way you build your character. Every other RPG, same thing. You you, you have a cloth and a dagger. And you know what? Yeah. You're going to have a fancier cloth and a dagger, and you're going to kill them harder with it. And that is totally fine. And and that's the thing, though. And there was always a sense of progression. Again, there we go. Character development, you didn't really see that until much later, and that was what they started incorporating the heroes from the history to make you now larger than life alongside with them. Like, you're really just a sideline dude that just happens to be pretty awesome at what he does. Yeah. You talking not, about WoW being your sideline guy in WoW? Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just not to get, you know, overly technical or scientific, but it's it's all about dopamine. It's not much different than doing drugs. It's just a heck of a lot safer. It's not illegal, you know. I mean, every time you hear that ding or get that level or get that new <laughs> item, it's just like it's just like taking a hit. And and they've just figured out how to prolong that, you know, to the point that we'll pay a monthly subscription. And people even like the loot boxes and all that crap. I haven't, see, I haven't gotten I, that far yet, but... Oh, man. That, that, I that really want to get... For Guild Wars. I just spent that, like 50 bucks the other day. They're making money off of nothing. I would argue that it, this is even deeper than that. It's everybody's internal like sense of purpose. Everybody really has wants to be important. Oh, yeah. be right? that, get, they be want that to have a purpose. They uh, want to... They want to well, not even, that, not even that deep. They want to do things... Uh, for a purpose, they want to make progress in their lives. They want to do something um, that's uh, that um, you know, I say matters, but it's. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find my word here. It's 11:30 here, so it's uh, I'm trying to remember. But it's but you know, S- do something that is, matters. Is, yeah, and validate. And themselves. even if it's false, even if it's something that doesn't matter, like hey, I built up and I saved up enough gold and I bought the sword that I was able to go kill the dragon and get a better shield and now I'm a better tank. Even though those things don't matter, but it still hits that same vein right inside your, your soul or whatever it is. You, you, you oh, yeah. got it. I loved the tank. Purpose. I loved it. I was a I prop pally. I loved it. Yeah. And so that's the, what the, I think. The, the, the more the more clickies, the better. I hated to just <laughs> stand there and get beat on based on my equipment and they started giving us little uh, kicks and taunts and you know all of this <laughs> oh man i could talk on forever about every quest again too with but, uh, but, all the different but it, but it, it 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 you put a lot of value on it but there's not many people in the world that appreciate it that that's the thing as long as you can 
internalize it or compartmentalize it, I guess would be a better word enough that you don't put so much value on that, that if you were to lose that character or get kicked out of your guild, that it wasn't a life altering experience. Yeah. Don't and, and it's the same be as, able to turn off the role playing, I guess. Yeah. Just realize, play it for what it is and have a good time. But it's the same thing as, I mean, anything you collect. I had all the baseball cards when I was, you know, 10 years old and I, they burned down on the house and now I'm, you know, I took forever to collect, make that collection and, you know, and it's just electronic now. Well, that's so, what I was going to say is everybody has their way that they value themselves. What is that? You know, is it the bodybuilder who's super proud of his gains of going from 23 to 25 inches on the biceps or is it the career person who's super happy that they made it to partner by the time they were age 30? I mean, we all have these things. It's just kind of funny how unique everybody is when it comes to that, but yet we're all the same. You're just trying to find value and an accomplishment of some kind, wherever that accomplishment is. And, and it's, it's, yeah. such, it's, it's such a healthy hobby. Um, I, I keep a television subscription, but if I just want to veg, as they say, I would much rather be engaged than just sitting there, just blah. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a movie and then fall asleep halfway through it just because I'm not, you know, if it's not something, you know, like Inception that's twisting my no, brain a, and making me. A, agree, and B, I think the funny thing was as, as we get older as gamers is the nostalgia or what's the fun factor. And so last night, uh, me and Hollywood and one of my other brothers played 1v1v1 on Halo. And it took me back to playing GoldenEye four-player couch co-op. I, I had a blast. Played played uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new one that just came out today, uh, what is it, Shredder's Revenge, and, you know, yep. just had fun. And, I mean, I, it's just, it's I don't know. It, it's it's There's way worse hobbies to be into than gaming, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, There's I, a balance bought, to everything, uh, though. I, I bought Cyberpunk, started it. Bought Far Cry 6, started it. Bought Elden Ring, started it. And it's just like, that is three games that could by themselves occupy my life for the next year. And I just have such a hard time. If it doesn't catch me right off the bat, because I know what I'm getting myself into, it just sits there. And I forget about it. And probably yeah, for, Cyber, for Cyberpunk, it was probably best because it probably still in patch to where it's working right. But <laughs> it, it works but good. Plays, on. It plays a lot better now. It's yeah. it's worth playing. Yeah, let's call this here because we're gonna we're gonna finish this conversation though with about RPGs and whatnot at some point in the future. But listen, that was a fun list. I'm glad you all could join yeah. and uh, good mix as of personalities always. too. I enjoyed it. I like good, it. Good Absolutely. Good to see you again. All right, guys. Y'all take it easy. Catch you next time. Later. All right, guys. Later. Later.